listening to a Cool Truth Podcast production. Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network is a Moonsault Media production and is intended for private use only. For more information, contact RetromaniaPodcast at gmail.com. Well, we're back. What's up? What's up? What's up, Cool Truth Baby? We're back. A little version of us, I should say. Yeah. Uh, you can hear him in the background. My good friend, the one and only from Pillar Post, the uh, the truck driving, blogging, I don't even know what to call you, brother. Joe White! How are you, buddy? Happy what? New Year. Merry Christmas. All the good stuff. Um, how, was your, how was your Christmas? How was your holiday? Well, I, you know what? I got to say, it was fast. I, you know what, bro? In my in my industry, this time of year is like so hectic. Oh man, it, sure. it, it like just comes and goes. Like I, one minute you're like, holy shit, it's Christmas Eve, and the next minute you're like, holy shit, I, I got to work New Year's Eve tomorrow night. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, oh, um, I, I enjoy, I dude, I enjoy the family time when I get it, and then the rest of it just like balls to the wall. But I am like super ready to uh, hit January and. Uh, get back in my routine and relax a little bit, you know, and, uh, and I'll tell you what, like we went to the, uh, we continued the family tradition and, uh, we did waffle house on Christmas Eve for Christmas dinner. (laughs) (laughs) I love dude. I got, I love you, bro. I love you. You're fucking doing waffle house. I'm doing a feast of the seven fishes with all the fucking Italians. Dude, it's that is vintage white vintage AC. (laughs) You gotta start a new thing, man. <laughs> uh, the the instead of seven fishes, you do seven waffles or seven yes. different types of hash browns. Hey, you do, hey, listen, it'll be a lot less cooking and a lot, you know. Dude, uh, that, uh, I, go, can't, I can't do it, bro. A, I did two years straight of cooking for people, and it wore me out. So I'm like, fuck it, we're going out this year. I let me let me ask you this, not to get off on a Waffle House rant, but how far north in the Northeast? Or how far how far north in the east have you seen a Waffle House? They PA? stop. They stop in Pennsylvania. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, because I I haven't I there's there isn't any in Connecticut. I know that. I mean, there's there's one in. I don't know if Allentown, Pennsylvania, has one or not. But okay. I, okay. I, there's one. There's one in Harrisburg. There's one in like Carlisle. I'm uh, actually surprised you, there there aren't any in like upstate New York or like. You know, Maine or New Hampshire or something, but me too. But they have a lot of those like old school, like mom and pops type diners oh, that yeah. are still, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The diner where the fucking menu is like 20 pages long and they suck <laughs> from biscuits and gravy, which they yeah. suck at, to Chinese food, which they suck at. <laughs> you could get like, you could get like a most mimosa, Bud Light, or a chocolate milk. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude it's funny uh connecticut as crazy as it sounds is like all about the one I, I don't have many good things to say about this state anymore but the one thing i will give us credit for is we have a lot of small business like local mom and pops restaurants um pizza places all that a lot we don't i mean we of course we have the corporate places and all that but it's it is far less than a lot of other places I've been just traveling a little bit, which which was kind of shocking to me. And then I read an article like a year ago, like per capita, 
Connecticut consumes the least fast food in the entire country. And at first it kind of surprised me because you just don't, you don't think of like things in like that context. But then I'm like, you know what? It kind of makes sense. Well, I, you know, I work in small business, so I support small business. So I'm kind of in that world. I'm kind of in that bubble. Like I don't really do the corporate thing, but I'm like, you know what? If I live somewhere else, like in some places you don't even have a choice anymore. You know what I mean? So that's one thing that's nice about living up here. So let's, uh, I'm not to take over, but well, I know. Yeah, I know. And I, yeah, we're, 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 we're off on a tangent here. We're, we're running a little late. It's about, uh, it's almost 1am in the morning because yeah. as, as our good friend, shout out Hollywood, Hollywood Edwards, uh, he was going to come on, but he's working on a new script. So they say, allegedly working on a new script. Uh, I mean, gave us tonight. AEW could probably use him as a script writer. I'm not going to lie after what the shit show we saw tonight, but, uh, Hollywood Edwards said, Vengeance AC falls asleep during the main event, <laughs> which I did, but I woke up at the end of it and then rewatched it. So we're running a little bit late, but that's okay. We're going to we're gonna break down the whole show here. Uh, it's good to be back. It's been a while since we podcasted. Knocked the rust off here a little bit. Uh, I know for uh, White House and Hollywood, they're kind of chopping at the bit to get back, so... We'll start getting some shows to you as it seems like we always end up doing them in the winter because we seem we just seem to be less busy. But as far as uh, all elite wrestling uh, world's end goes, I, I mean, I'll let you do your little narrative first, brother. Uh, you know, we're going to go match to match. So I would, you know, we don't have to get into specifics, but wh- where are you at overall with the show? I, I'm just going to say this disclaimer for everybody who's listening. You know that. On Cool Truth, we kind of go back and forth with AEW. We kind of give you the good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, and I don't think a lot of people are in a good place with this company right now, despite the act they want to put on that they're flying on all cylinders, which they're not. So this might be a tad bit negative. But you know what? Listen, shout us out. You know, if you disagree, cool. If you agree, cool. We love, you know, we love to hear your thoughts. But wait, your thoughts on the pay-per-view. Um, I'm glad I didn't go to this in person. I was going to, <laughs> I literally, I'm like, cause I have a week off. We did. We should, we should have met there. <laughs> yeah. We could have, we could have got a fucking hotel set up the fucking studio and done the show and live together afterwards. That would have been crazy. That I almost bought tickets for this and then I saw how expensive they were. Yeah. And they're doing well, Long Island's tough, bro. Long they're Island's gonna go on there and tout about how this is a record gate, and we sold it out. Yeah, your fucking tickets for the nosebleeds were seventy five bucks. Well, it's, well it's, it's it's I mean it's the same thing WWE did with the MSG house show uh, well, the other day. You know what I mean? They they they're all they're you know what it, it, it is what it is, bro. I'll give them credit. They have to. That is at least a, they had fans in the seats for a yeah. change. Well, here's the thing about the uh, the MSG thing. And we'll talk a little bit of WWE later because I do want to pick your brain on some stuff. I know we don't want to go too late, but um, the MSG Hell Show is a union building. I don't know if the Nassau Coliseum War Memorial, whatever they're doing, Veterans Memorial is or not. So you got to pay the union for the load in and the load out. Normally, WWE has their own people from stage call or whoever drives the trucks or whoever their, their roadies are. They can come in once the trucks pull in and unload and load, okay? Load in, load out. In New York at MSG, you can't do that. The truck bumps the dock, and that's it. The union guys, the Teamsters, Mm. roll that shit off the truck, 
and then they roll it back on the truck. They set everything well, up. I mean, you're getting you're getting like really technical here, but I get it. It's not it's not cheap to run any building in New York. Pro- and I and you know what? It's probably not cheap to run uh, Long Island. The one thing I'll say, you know what? They got a good crowd tonight. I'll give them that. No, they didn't. Um, no, they didn't. You don't think so? Nope. Typical Nassau crowd. They shut. They they shut. Oh no no! I'm just talking about having. Bi- People in the seats. Oh, for, I'm, I'm not talking about reaction. I, I'm talking tickets. Yeah, because it's a pay per view. Well, it's it's a pay per view. But here's the other thing, bro. They didn't run like Connecticut, New Jersey, Albany oh, this they're week. Running, they're running, dude, they're running fucking uh, Newark this Wednesday. Right. I, they're doing it backward. But that. But my point being is they ran Florida on Wednesday, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they. Uh, they they go into these runs where they just get into an area and they stay there for. Remember Canada? They were in Canada for like six weeks in a row at one point. Um, the whole this year, the whole collision opening deal for like yeah. six six weeks of that show was nothing but Canada. Yeah, and then you know, then they had well, the first one I think was uh, I think that was Newark actually, and then they they did they did the Northeast run and then they went into Canada. Yeah, but, dude, it, but this is a problem, like like. Now they're going to – this is what they're going to do. They run the pay-per-view tonight. They get a good audience, uh, a good a good attendance, we'll call it, uh, despite the reactions. Um, but then they're going to stay here. It's the same thing they do in Chicago. They either go there too early or they stay too long, and that's, that's probably what they're going to do here. Uh, and, and you know what? Listen, maybe they – if they're going to do that, maybe they should find some smaller venues – and then run the big venue for the pay-per-views. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really know, like, people what their been, logic is behind it. People have been saying it. Everybody but but the cuckold Dave Bro, Meltzer has been he, saying it. He, he thinks ROH is like a Texas strong – or Texas is an ROH stronghold. So, I mean, I don't know what fucking planet they're living on, but okay. I mean, everybody but Dave Meltzer has been saying – they need to stop running these 20,000 fucking seat buildings every Wednesday and Saturday. Nobody, oh, yeah, 100%. You have about maybe anywhere from anywhere from one to 8,000 people coming at a time. And eight is on a super good week with a stat card like winter is coming or something like that. Yeah. But let's get into this pay-per-view because I got a lot to say. Overall. Right, well, again, give, me, give, me, give me your overall thoughts about the pay-per-view and we'll, we'll, go, we'll go match to match. I'll kind of lead us in match to match. I'll be short and sweet with it. Overall, up until the main event, it felt like just an episode of Dynamite. <laughs> it's funny because Hollywood said it. Episode of Collision, so, you know, kind of same energy. I get it. Uh, listen, the I think overall, it, I, 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 it wasn't a good show. I, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. Like, I don't have a lot of good things to say about this show. So I'm not going to fucking sugarcoat it and act like I'm going to be fair and all that. I, you know, I am going to be fair. I'm just going to be, I'm going to be brutally honest. Um, it wasn't a good show. Uh, it, 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 I, get, I guess you guys are on to something. It felt like a glorified episode of Dynamite or Collision or whatever. I mean, at one point I remember uh, texting some friends. It might have been Hollywood and Stames or it might have been you. might have been, I don't even know. I, was te- I had so many threads going. Um, I was like, you know what? Impact or TNA puts on better shows for nine ninety nine on fight, and yeah. and it's just it's just the fact of the matter. And I I think overall for me, 
and I'm not saying that some matches didn't have a story attached to them because we're going to get there. There are matches that did, but there was so much of this show that was just thrown together late crap. There was no flow, and there were times in the middle of these matches you could hear a fucking pin drop. Now that's an asshole, dude. That's I, I. I don't know, bro. Dude, New York's a good market. There, there's dude, rabid fans. Hold on, hold on. Every time WWE has ran a show in Nassau in the past, and go back and listen to Bruce Pritchard's podcast because they've discussed this a few times when they talk about shows held in this building, even when it was the old Nassau Coliseum. Nassau, for some fucking reason, they sit on their hands the whole fucking time and they barely react to anything. So this is not all AEW's fault here. I'm not defending this pay-per-view by any means. It was shit. But... As soon as they popped big for, like, the entrances, they sat on their fucking hands, and I'm sitting there looking at my son going, yeah. typical Nassau New York crowd. And I had to explain to my son what I meant by that. So this is typical New York <laughs> Nassau crowds. However, they've been to long- I, 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 I will I will say I will say this. I've, I've been to shows in New York. I've been to shows, many shows in New York. Um, it is a different crowd. I, I feel like every area has their own kind of weird whatever. When when I was at Grand Slam, the first one, the good one, the best one they ran, and that place was fucking packed to the fucking gills. Uh, it was hot for certain things, but I remember that being the turning point for Cody, and I was very uncomfortable with the way Cody was getting booed in that building that night, and I did not understand it. Um, and it it, 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 it kind of was a sign to things to come it, with his late AEW run, which I still, to this day, don't... Now, I got mad at Cody when he left um, for various other reasons. We've been down that path, and I did my uh, egg on face and my car blanches and all that other shit. But at, at that time, I remember sitting in the building, and I was with Jigsaw, shout out Jigsaw, and I'm fucking sitting there, and I'm like, bro, what the fuck is going on? So I could kind of see where you're coming from with that. And and flushing isn't far from Long Island. <laughs> you know, no, it's not at all. Know, right. Um, but yeah, let's let's get into this pay-per-view because I like I said, I, I do want to Yeah, just... yeah, we'll go we'll go match to match. I, I don't I didn't watch the pre-show. Um I wasn't home in time. Um, which whatever. I mean so fucking pre there was one one thing that happened. All right, yeah, let me know anything on the pre-show. Then I'll go, we'll go match the, and match. The only real thing on the pre-show was that Killswitch won a 20-man battle royal, which gave Which him would play out later in the show. Out later. Which okay. is like a TNT title shot anytime, anywhere. Which when so they it say, was money in the bank, but not yeah, money in the bank. Exactly. Which when they say anytime, anywhere, and they put it on this early, I'm like, all right, this is going to end when it, <laughs> you, knew, you knew something was happening, right? Um, but the, 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 the pay-per-view proper started with the Blackpool Combat Club, uh, Claudio Castagnoli and Brian Danielson teaming with Mark Briscoe and Daniel Garcia Defeating Brody King, Jay White, Jay Lethal, and Roosh by pinfall. Now, when you look at the damn baby... Fa- I'm going to go first on this one, dude. Go ahead. Why wasn't Justin Roberts there for the entire pay-per-view? Uh, you hey, know what? 
you know what? It, I, 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 you know, things like that that piss me does off. Does that really bother you? Yes, because I, okay. I can't stand Dasha as a fucking ring announcer. She's too cute. I mean, she, she's no Samantha Irwin, but exactly. I, I don't mind. Samantha Irwin's the best. Yes, she is. And I got to shout out my boy, Sean. He hates Samantha Irwin. He's the only person I know he hates Samantha Irwin. But I'm like, bro, I agree with you on a lot of shit, but you're off on that one. That girl's a fucking she badass. Did. I'm going to go off on one slight curve here. Did you see the deal where, you know how she always, you know, whenever she does chill, she gives different entrances to different people. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. For Chelsea, Gunther. I love how she says yeah. Gunther. And for Chelsea Green, I love it. She goes Chelsea Green, like a yeah, yeah. she was told to stop that for some reason. Imperium, I dude, I love, I fucking I, Smith Irwin. If I ever get married, I want her to announce my fucking wedding. <laughs> but uh, the Blackpool Combat Club. Here's what I don't get. Why? Okay, I get what they're doing with this by. Having do, do, do you really get do you really get what they're doing with this? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And, uh, here I have an explanation for this. Just just lay out here. Oh, I, I have one too, but go ahead. Don't interrupt me here. Because I get what they're doing by having they're trying to do it how New Japan does it. The how when the A block matches are going on, the B block is having tag matches and this and this and this. Okay, but it doesn't work here when it's this small of a roster, this unimportant of a tournament. It doesn't And work. it's a fucking pay-per-view. Let me finish. Let me finish here. Because they even do that during the G1 finals. Like when they do like the final pay-per-view or whatever, they have other people do it. But here's the here's the deal. And I, I wrote this later on during the tournament final match. And I'm going to get to it here. Um, I put here that this tournament. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I said, uh. The G1 is designed to punish the wrestlers. It's designed to be a month-long like marathon for these guys. They're having matches every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and, mo- and sometimes Monday every mm-hmm. you know, three or four days a week for a month. And mm-hmm. it's not like we're doing this every couple of days and let the people who aren't wrestling on the shows, like, we're going to have gold block matches tonight so the blue block gets to rest. No. In the G1, whoever doesn't yep. wrestle in tournament matches, they're wrestling fucking hard-hitting tag matches every day. And yes. people get that, that they're wrestling hardcore tag matches, you know, the, the New Japan style, every day. So that when uh, the day after the B block has their matches, the A match and the A people are doing their tag matches, the A people are doing their matches the next day, and they're wore out for the tag matches than from the day before. That's the story of the G1. That's how the G1 works. That's why when the time comes to crown a fucking winner, you feel something for that winner. Man, they've been through hell this mm-hmm. They haven't yeah. had a fucking break. And here, you got none of that. And and here's here's the other thing, too, bro. The G1 final is just about the G1 tournament. It's specific to the G1. It's not, let's throw it in our pay-per-view because we need another another match for it. I literally put here, um, why is Danielson in this match? Why is Danielson and Garcia teaming with each other? Dude, you should read my, dude, I say the same thing. I got, <laughs> Danielson, question mark. <laughs> it was like my second note. Well, okay, so he has a broken orbital bone. Why is he in an eight-man tag match? Why is there an eight-man tag match? This is You're 100% right. This is not the G1. 
It's not built like the G1. It's Tony Khan's warped version of what he thinks the G1 is, and he's totally wrong. What, I, bro? It, I, I, before I get to that though, I got I got to bring something up. Jay Lethal comes out. Okay, I can't. I don't remember how old Jay Lethal is. He's probably he's in his forties, probably. Right? I'm just guessing here. Hold Jay on, Lethal. I'll tell you. Hold on. All right, look it up. I'm gonna talk while you're looking it up. Lethal. So, Lethal has to be in his 40s. Okay, so Jay Lethal comes out, and they say, now, mind you, he's now in this match, and he comes out, and they say, well, Jay Lethal had no points in the tournament. He's 38. Oh, 38, okay. Well, I mean, that's not old, but same age what, did, what does Excalibur say? Did you hear what he said? No. This was a learning experience for Jay Lethal. Bro, are you fucking kidding me? A learning experience for Jay Lethal? For Jay Lethal, other than, like, one guy in the match, he has more experience than, like, all of them put together. It a would, learning experience? It would make sense if the G1 or if this Continental Classic shit was set up to be like the G1. Yeah, because he never would have not won a match. Exactly. This, this, guy, this guy bought Ring of Honor to shit on Ring of Honor. I don't care what anybody says. You can act like, oh, yeah, he's going to make a TV deal and all this other bullshit. He runs a show that is not Ring of Honor. I don't care what anybody says. It's not fucking Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor does not end with a women's title match. Ring of Honor does not shit on its championship. It was the most important belt in that company. Ring of Honor does not shit on its tag titles. He shits all over those. He He's a fucking disaster. And I don't care what anybody fucking says. Because I was in the building for the second damn Ring of Honor show he said. And I sat there and I said to my boy, this is not a fucking Ring of Honor show. I sat in a building in Lowell, Massachusetts. A Ring of Honor stronghold where, yeah. where we watched Cody Rhodes win the fucking ROH title in Lowell, Massachusetts. I was in the building for it. I was in the building when he beat Daniels for that title. And that, that place was going ballistic that night for Cody Rhodes. I was in the building. We we went to this other fucking place where he ran the goddamn Ring of Honor show. We're sitting in there, and the whole place is chanting for FTR over the Briscoes. If, you, if, if it was a real Ring of Honor crowd, the Briscoes would have been so fucking over, FTR would have been booed out of the damn building. And here's the thing. I love Mark. I have here that Mark Briscoe, I put Mark Briscoe is super over and is really good. But he's old. They're never going to do anything with him, bro. Exactly. They're never going to do anything. He's too old. He's there as a... I hate to stu- I hate to fucking say this, man. I'm going to say it, though. I'm gonna no, become- say it because I know what you're going to say. There, you're right. Say it. A fucking sympathy act. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. He. That's exactly what he's there for. They And, 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 and I'm not even going to give Corny credit for this because I said it on the fucking show. Right? Like, the second show we did after God Rest His Soul that Jay Briscoe passed. I said it. I'm like, this is the opportunity to push Mark Briscoe to the moon. And this fucking moron never did it. And now we have, now we have Jay Lethal and Mark Briscoe in this match. And you, they come in the ring. What? Of course. How does it, how does it start? You got to take the two guys that had their little in, you know, their little in feud in the tournament and they got to fight each other. And then they're going to tag in the other two guys that have their little infighting in the tournament. And they're going to tag in the other two guys who have their little thing going on. It, it, so, dude, they, they are so... You, I, you're, I'm sitting here watching it and I go, 
okay, so when they tag in Lethal, they're going to tag in Briscoe. Or we're going to tag in Briscoe to tag in Lethal. And when they when they tag in Brody Lee, they're going to tag in Garcia. You, you know, you can just see it fucking coming. And, they, and then, dude, Brody Lee breaks Garcia's fucking nose like five minutes into the match. Yep. They got Daddy Magic on comments. Why do we need a fourth commentator? Beyond me. Beyond me. I, I like Daddy Magic on commentary. I no, I dude, I like I like him. I, I like the things that he does. But bro, he's sitting there on commentary. Now explain you want realism, right? You want you want realism? Dude, it, it, you're a man. You're a man, right? So when a guy comes up to you and goes, You're a little fucking bitch to your face, and he just sits there and does nothing. Yeah. He and then and then to save him, then to save him, fucking Taz goes, well, you might want, you might not want to get involved because you might, you might get a suspension or, or you might get a fine from uh, somebody in this match. Winky, winky, nod, nod. Like, oh, we don't know what you're talking about. You're not trolling everybody that makes fun of the fact that Daniel Bryan's fucking finding everybody for we'll internet get, comments. We'll get there. We'll get there. Because I wait till the Jericho match because I got a lot to say about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so anyway, uh, a couple other things about this match. I don't even want to. Dude, that, these eight man matches fucking suck. What the fuck is on Daniel Garcia's tights? I'm a ring gear mark. You know I love ring gear. I, I didn't notice. I, didn't I notice. hate this fucking ring gear. Um, I'm sick of the Continental Classic shit. This is what is this what people in Japan feel like by the time the G1 is undone? No, because right? dude, we can't compare it to the G1. It's not the G1. My son. During this match, now this is my son who has asked me to order. I said, "Son, you want to order the paper? We will get it." He says, "Yeah." Uh, my now son, your 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 son cost us a hundred dollars because <laughs> because you watched it live. I had to watch it live so we could do this fucking show. <laughs> so thank you, little Joe. Uh, he uh, mentioned that Sasha says, uh, um, people are saying that he go he read the story on fightful cuz he's been reading some sheets now that he's getting older he reaches reads the sheets and watches the bullshit on youtube the goes, uh, sasha says that they're not coming back to wwe this is during this match he goes but that's on fightful and i don't trust fightful i only <laughs> trust pw insider <laughs> well i don't know if he should trust pw insider but yes, all right should. Because they broke the big story later that we'll talk about later on. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. There's some things. Sorry, I guess. Um, I guess. But but as far as far as the match goes, tattoos in wrestling. I got to talk about this here. Big people in the wrestling business bitch about. Oh, I'm not making enough money. I'm not making enough money. Yet every time I look at Brody fucking King or whatever his name is, the and this goes for everybody who. We're fucking wrestling for a hot dog and a handshake just four years ago, and they're all tatted up. Maybe you need to stop spending money on tattoos and start spending money right. on your well-being. All right, all right, hold on a second. I'm I I have some knowledge. I'm not going to say from where. Oh, that they is get them for free. Blah blah blah. Probably. No 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 no. Has nothing to, that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Brody King is not in that boat. And I know that for a fact. I, I can't tell you why. I, I hate to be this way, but I, I somebody I know. He's Tony Khan's dealer. <laughs> no, no. This goes. This is way before. This is before fucking okay. AEW, bro. This gotcha. is before AEW. There, there was someone. There was somebody that I know that needed a hand at one point, and he got that hand from Brody King. Oh. 
but he okay. was a, he was a hitman for a bookie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> no, no. You're you're barking up. The, I'm telling you right now, Brody Am King's a good. <laughs> you're you're way off. You're way off. You're you're using your Joe White brain, and I, I'm in a, I'm in another in another stratosphere. All I'm telling you right now is Brody King was not broke before AEW, and Brody King is a good guy. That's all I'm gonna say because I can't say anything else because I don't have permission to say what I know. I'm just telling um, you right now. As far as the rest of this match, idiot fans, the fans in the first two rows pissed me off the whole night because I'm sitting here going, why the fuck are you standing up the whole time? The ones that were, like, singing yeah. and dancing with Prince yeah. Nana? Yeah. The ones that, like, if you're looking at the straight ahead at the camera, like, right from the camera side to the left, like, the first four or five rows to the left side of the camera, they're standing up the whole fucking time. And it's like you, I, you have you get you get you get butt hurt by the fans really easy. If, I, if I'm behind, but here's the thing: I think about this from a fan's perspective. If I'm oh, sit, if you're behind them, you're pissed. I'm pissed. Sit the fuck down. Um, I hated the choreograph finish. Right, so and, and here's the other. Here's the I don't know about there, but when when we we actually when we were in Lowell for Ring of Honor, we were on the floor and. I don't know if they AWs is a shorter ring. I don't know what it is, bro. We could not see shit. We actually went back and moved up. We wow. like left our floor seats and moved up just to see better. And a lot, it, it's. I mean, listen, bro. People are gonna stand. It, it is what it is. You yeah, know? but not the front row. I mean, be courteous. No, I get. No, you're you're right. You're right. But here's the thing. That's when you're in the back row. You got to be like, bro, sit down. That, you know what? That's the thing. I I don't give a fuck. I'll be like, yo, sit down. Maybe we're trying to see over here. Nobody, the whole the whole section don't want to stand up right now. I don't give a fuck. Um, but, I, I hated the choreograph finish of the match where everybody comes in, Bing, 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 Bing. Let me let me ask you a question. Did did Sting seem off to you? We'll get there. Oh, oh hold on, hold on. Yeah. This yeah. is. I'm still. We're still in the. We're still in the, I know. I know. I'm getting ahead. I'm getting ahead here. I'm getting ahead here. I got so many thoughts rolling through my head. The, oh, the, this is one thing about this match. It seemed like they were putting a shine on Ricky Starks. He get he hits the spear, and Dude, I pop. I'm, we're not there yet. <laughs> Where are you at? I'm still talking about the Mark Briscoe and Daniel Garcia thing. Oh, oh, we're still on the fucking Garcia. Oh, my bad. Dude, I got so many I got so many thoughts rolling through my head about this fucking show. Even the next match, the next anything to say about anything. Oh, about well, next one is Miro. Oh yeah, all right, all right. All right. Finish your thoughts. We got to move on. I can't I can't talk about this fucking eight man anymore. All right. Miro versus uh Andre Elioliolio um as Cornette. Wait, are you are you are you done with the eight man? Yes, done with the eight See, man. This is what happens when you don't podcast for like four months. You go fucking you're all over the place. Sorry. All right. Um all right, so we're on Andrade and Miro. All right, I'm going to – hang on. Let me cross off my notes for that one so I know where the <laughs> fuck I am because I keep going too far ahead here. All right, here I we go. I put these down on my phone in order. I, here's the other – no, I got – bro, I got it in order, but I chicken scratch. So I'm like – it's all blurring as one right now. All right, yeah. I got it. I, 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 I crossed off match one. I'm on match two now. All right. Uh, kudos to CJ Perry for appearing after her hospitalization and looking hot. When she was hospitalized? Yeah, she was hospitalized for like right after I think like right before Christmas. She had for a really what? she had a really bad infection in her hand. 
and it started to spread up to her elbow, they had to like cut pieces of her finger off. I'm guessing. Are you serious? Yeah, dude, Jesus. go get up. She's a trooper, man. She was hotter than ever, looking hot as a motherfucker. Well, I mean, you don't need your fingers to look hot, so. Oh, man. Anyway. Goddamn, pal. And I put here, the Nassau crowd is dead as always. Uh, Yeah. Dude, dude, I don't blame. Dude, dude, go get on the fucking crowd. This match was boring as shit. And, uh, on. If I was to show you my notes right now, right in the middle, in big letters with three exclamation ports, boring. And as I'm writing it, I get a text from Hollywood Edwards. I'm bored to tears. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess it's not just me. <laughs> I, it was boring, honestly, because it's two different types of styles. I'm, I, and I'm so – I'm kind of looking forward to Andrade going back to WWE because when him with him losing, I think he's going back there. His wife is there. His contract is getting ready Are, to be – Didn't they, didn't they break up? No. He, they're married. Oh. I thought she they broke up. She was at the Arena Mexico show right after she had the damn knee surgery cheering him on. Oh, okay. Right. Um listen, you I you read the dirt shits more than I do. Yeah. Cause I have no time on the road. That's all I have time to do. <laughs> Drive and curse melts are out while he's playing over my radio. <laughs> Which I dude, how, dude, Louis, how how happy are are you that I'm like in the cult of corny now? Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy, dude. This is, this is this is this. I I hate Tony Khan for two reasons. He's made you like Cornette and Punk, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so blocked by both of them on X. What He's the tur- fuck? Anyway, um, and one of them's your fault, by the way. But go ahead. Yeah. Do you think Andrade's going to WWE? I I, I guess. I I, I mean, the, I, I look at any of those NXT era guys that did well in NXT kind of floundered on the main roster that were like the triple H guys. I could see any of them coming back. I really could. Cause I think Hunter likes those guys. Yep. Yep. Any other thoughts on Andrade versus Miro? Um, I gotta be honest. I'm kind of disappointed in, in the sense that if you had told me when both these guys got there, that they were going to have a match on a pay-per-view, I would have thought it'd be a big deal. And it wasn't. And and I, full disclosure, I have been watching Collision, and I know a lot of this played out in Collision. Um, and the other thing I'll say about it is the C.J. Perry turn on Andrade. Uh, didn't love it. I got to be honest. I thought it was a little, you know, I, I don't know, undersold or oversold. You know, go ahead. It was very much ham-handed. You could see yeah. it. I mean, you could come see it. Come yeah, out. yeah. I oversold, I guess, is the, probably the best way to say it. So, uh, but I got to be honest, I, I was bored to tears there. I was literally bored to tears there in this match. So let's move on. Um, hey, Ty- let me cross. Let me cross that one out so I don't Set go backwards. Off the list. <laughs> yeah, I got to cross them off, or I'm going to go backwards, forwards. I'm going to start talking about matches we're not even talking about. All right, timeless Tony Storm with Luther defeated Rehul by pinfall to retain the AEW women's titles match. The notes I have here, Rio is horrible. Please get injured. <laughs> you have, she has no charisma. And did you know, I just, I just uh, was listening to um, shout out to the guys over at wrestling, the wrestling soup podcast. Riho is the, all right. Remember when Kenny Omega wrestled the little 15, eight, nine year old girl or whatever it was in Japan. Yeah. That was Riho. 
Oh well, I know I, I didn't know that, but I know Rio's his his deal. He's the one who pushed for her to be there. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll say this: I thought it should have been a three minute squash match for Tony Storm. Um, there was a a couple things here. Uh, there was a spot in the match. Well, they there these announce, and I'm sure this is by design. Go out of their way to try to make you see things that aren't there. Like they want to tell you, like Tony Schiavone's going on and on about how um, Rio can't be rattled, and and Taz starts talking about size. And he's like, "Well, she's smaller, but you know, in my day, I was shorter than a lot of guys, and I I held my own." But I'm I'm like, dude, Taz, you were shorter than guys. You're built like a fucking brick shit house. You're yeah. throwing motherfuckers all over the ring. Like, what are you talking about? This is a fucking eighty-nine pound string bean. What? How? How is that even in the same? Every app- time, every uh, time, apples and oranges, bro. Every time Tony Storm did something to this girl, especially a submission move like a Boston Crab, I'm like, you're gonna break this little chick in half. Well, and, and that's why. Why is Tony Storm selling for her? And the other thing is, they go out of their way to constantly say. Timeless Tony Storm. Timeless Tony Storm. Timeless Tony Storm. We get it, bro. We fucking get it. It's Timeless Tony Storm. We get it. You have to say it every goddamn time. I know people are going to love this, but I couldn't stand it. The whole, let's go shoot it. When we shoot her with this camera, it's in black and white. And and we miss all the spots that we're supposed to shoot her in that black and white camera with. So we cut to the black and white camera. In the most inopportune times where it makes no sense where she's just brushing her hair back or something like that. Here, here, here's my problem. There's no direction with this company. But here's my problem with this whole thing. She is great in her promo spots. With the uh, Last week on Dynamite when she did the – when she was doing the commentary and she's, she was making the, the, the comments about fucking uh, Soraya's tits and – how she should win. I, I forget the exact comments she used. Then when she went down to the ring and she used like the opera um, goggles to like look up and down real like I could finally see you. That's all hilarious. The problem is, and this is the same problem that Britt Baker had. This is the same problem that uh, Statlander had. They do not have enough good women to fight these other good women. So what they do is they they, they get a champion. They get a good thing going like they did with Britt Baker, like they have going with Tony Storm now, and they this is what they do. They run Rio at them. They run uh, uh, what's-her-face at them, and they run all these subpar, okay, yeah, 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 blah, 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 wrestlers, women's wrestlers at them, and the matches fucking suck, and everybody hates it, and it kills the momentum of your of your Tony Storm or your Britt Baker. This is – they it's rinse – Cycle repeat. I want to. I want to. I want to say here. I did like Tony Storm's ring gear. She looked like an old school Mildred Burke. Like this is something that you would see like the fabulous movie. Oh, she's sport. playing the role. I love it, bro. I love it. But the problem is the matches suck, and it's not her fault. It's not uh, her fault. Riho. When I look at Riho, when they Riho, when they showed this thing, I'm like, okay. I know this is the pot calling the kettle black, but I look at this girl and I'm going. You're fucking ugly. She's not even good looking. She's I mean, not I... even good looking. If Kenny Omega finds that attractive, 
Oh well, so be it. I, no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's about attraction because I don't think he likes women. Uh, I think. I dude. I think this is this is the problem. It's the same problem with the Buckaroos. They want to bring all their friends along, and they don't care whether it makes sense or it's good for the company, right? What? what uh, Cole Cabana is the, the fucking idiot with the camera. Uh, Cutler. They don't care. They don't care that's good or bad for the company. They want to take care of their friends. Here's what kills me too: is that I just so happened to stumble on Hikaru Shida's YouTube channel. She plays video games and does other stuff on there. Is this the recent one or like before AEW where she used to take all like the sexy stuff? Oh, this is like the recent one. She's still doing like stripper pole dances and shit like oh, that. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I know she did that in the past. That's the only reason why I asked. She is beautiful. And some of the shit she does on that YouTube channel, I actually watch and I'm interested in her. I have no knowledge of what you speak of. <laughs> but then, that's why I'm bringing it up because I'm, I'm sure you don't. But I, I just no, have. No, I actually do. I'm not, I actually do. I'm joking. I, I stumbled upon it, and I'm sitting here going down the rabbit hole just watching her play a video game in VR the other day. She's sitting in her, her pajamas with a hoodie on playing this <laughs> Oculus. This this and, is way in the truck. Bow chicka. Wow, wow. No, no, this is me. Anyway, and she has personality, and she has. Did you, you know, give him a goddamn power? Yeah. Uh-huh. Sheeta, yeah. Your face, pal, anyway. God damn. Uh, give it to me. Dance for me, Sheeta. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if, but no, for real, in all fairness, she has charisma on this YouTube channel. <laughs> she has personality on this YouTube channel. She actually made me want to watch more video. But then you oh, I her. bet she did. Hold on. I'm not me. I'm being dead serious here. Come on now. <laughs> anyway, God damn! Oh, she I made mean, me want to watch more. Pal. Yeah, more. Yeah. Watch her on fucking AEW, and it's like Vince McMahon karate chop booking. <laughs> we gotta have her wear the classic Chinese outfit <laughs> or Japanese with the kendo stick. Dude, I, I I am shocked that fucking Khan hasn't had her like cutting sushi or something. Yeah, like I'm not even kidding. I'm not even saying it to be an asshole. Like I am shocked that it hasn't happened. Dude, you're right. Honestly, I thought she was booked like more kind of like mysterious, sexy-ish early on than now. It's kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, half time she comes out, I'm like, what the fuck is she, she wearing? Like little, you go watch her on this YouTube and, and, and I think watch can, her on. Is it me or has her matches like regressed? Like her matches used to be oh, good. They're, like not even good 100%. anymore. Um. But anyway, let's continue on. Anything else about the Tony Storm Riho match? Nip. Got All nothing, right. buddy. I already crossed. I already crossed it off. I crossed it off in my mind and on my paper. <laughs> okay, let me ask you a question here. Keith Lee is not medically cleared. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? Did you see the tweet? Did you no, see the tweet? Oh, dude, hold on, hold on. I gotta read it. Edward sent it. Edward sent it to me and Snames earlier because I was I was like flipping out. Here it is from Keith Lee on X today. Today, I keep it very real with you guys. I've been working through an injury since Arthur Ashe Stadium in 2022. What the fuck? It has been mostly well taken care of. Things have been worse since Final Battle, which nobody fucking watched. 
and I'm trying to get through today for you guys, but I cannot promise anything. Why was this match made? What is Why? They, they, dude, they pulled the Swerve Keith Lee thing back from the dead. Nobody even remembered about it. Nobody even cared about it anymore. That's fucking, what, last summer? Yeah. And then they decide, oh, we, well, oh, fuck. This, this is what they do. I guarantee you. We need another oh, match. We, yep, well, oh, Swerve doesn't have a match. What should we do? Oh, oh, let's just, let's have him fight Keith Lee. Uh, well, he's not, he's not, he, he's kind of hurt. Ah, he'll get through this match and then we'll sit you out. Right? That's what they're, they booked the fucking match on Wednesday. It's Saturday. It's Saturday. They booked it on Wednesday. They didn't yeah. book it a week ago. They didn't book it before Final Battle. So right. he got banged up again at Final Battle. They yep. booked the match Wednesday, and then the dude can't wrestle today? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? So then I have here... Uh, what am I missing, bro? What am I missing? You're, you're fucking... I, you tell me. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was just me. <laughs> I, it was like, dude, well, could you imagine how... And I listen... I, I understand card subject to change, all that. And, and and when you go to a lot of indie shows, these kind of things happen all the time. So that's okay. But let me ask you a question. When has the WWE had a major pay-per-view where they booked a fucking match two days before it, number one, which they never do anyway. But let's just say they did. And then they and then the night of the pay-per-view, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Doc said, yeah, the Doc said, nah, I can't go. Can't clear. He's not clear. Sorry. Can't wrestle today. And of all what the people, fuck? What the of, fuck? Of all people to put in that spot, Dustin Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, when, when, when is it? Keith Lee's, Keith Lee's tag team partner. They they say it like he's like they've been tag team partners for like twenty years. It was like you know, it was like fucking FTR. Like oh you know, uh, you know, Cash Wheeler can't wrestle today, so, so Dax Hardwood. Was gonna take his place. They they acted like that's what was going on. Okay, yeah. his tag team partner Dustin Rhodes. I'm like, I'm gonna scratch my head. And it, like I said, I miss I miss a lot of shows lately. But I'm like, when the fuck did they tag together? With tag team partner? When the fucking can, does anybody on the planet think of Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes as tag team partners? Nope. No. I, I, again, is it me? Is it me? Um, anybody listening? Even. Even the even the staunchest supporters of AEW, can you explain that to me, please, please, please? Somebody explain me the logic of booking a match on Wednesday with a guy you know is injured, who then can't wrestle Saturday, and then his mis- magical tag team partner, who has he fucking Dustin Rhodes, <laughs> takes over the match, and then to make things make matters worse. They take a fucking cinder block. A hold cinder on, block. Get there. Hold on. Hold on. I have. Oh. I need to add here. I'm gonna slow All you right. down. Slow me down. I'm dude. I'm sorry. I can't. Don't your load I'm, off. Fire, I'm fired up tonight, bro. I'm fired up. You're you're in full uh, Don Lagreca mode. <laughs> oh man. And why is every wrestler needing rock tape on their fucking shoulders and back and everything else? Gee, well, they're all they're all injured. They're all they're pro- injured. probably a promotional thing, but they all need it. <laughs> the, the, the best part is like during this match, Swerve is like holding the other shoulder, yeah. and they're like, "That's not even a tape shoulder." <laughs> Dude, Darby has it all over his fucking body. Like, what is going on here? What are you, are you guys? Oh, I'm gonna we're, we're gonna I'll mention it again later, but oh man, I can't, bro. You know what's really sad about this? Abaddon had the fucking tape on. 
Well, I mean, what I mean, one of they had to have some injury, right? I mean, yeah, there's so there's so many of them. There's so many of them. One of them had to have an injury. Hey, you know, that something. Dude, there was there was not. I think there every single match on this show, somebody had that fucking tape on, except for Kingston and Moxley. Wait, and and and, and, and then not only that, not only that, if they didn't have them on it today, they're gonna have them on it on Wednesday because like seven, like every match had like three moves where you're like, oh my god. Did he break his neck? Did he yeah, fucking break done. his arm? Did he fall on his fucking head? It, dude, Nick Lane is probably in a fucking hospital and fucking Sloan catering right now, yeah. and, you know, having fucking brain surgery. We'll it's, it, dude, it's it's unbelievable. We'll get there. Hold on. Um, like with the Abad, well, we'll get with the Abaddon thing. I'll just point this out. At least Abaddon. I know you can't stand her, but at least she did something cool by trying to hide the the rock tape or whatever it's called. I call it rock tape because that's like the most common brand. They, she's got this tape all over her, but she kind of has to try to disguise it. She does try to disguise it with the paint and her ring gear. And the motherfucker, she's supposed to be a zombie character. Biting is legal in this match. And the motherfucking goddamn sock face calls out the tape on air. <laughs> Anyway, I'm still wondering how they only bit one arm at a time, but we'll get there. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I ah! crowd started chanting for Hangman, but as soon as the center block angle hit, and they All right, come, come on, can we talk about this fucking sick dude? Dude, this he had a fucking cinder block. He jumped off the top rope and smashed his fucking leg through a cinder block before the match started, and I'm like, oh. They're really, they're, they're still, they're still going to go. I honestly, I thought like, okay, cool. Like this is to speed the show up and at least have Swerve come out to get, I mean, he's supposed to be a heel, but everybody in the fucking place is cheering for him. Uh, this is for Swerve to have his little moment. They'll get this over with boom, go in the back and we'll move on to the next thing. And then I'm like, as it goes longer and longer, I'm like, they're really going to have, he just put his fucking leg through a cinder block, and now I'm supposed to believe that he's going to wrestle? And then not only is he going to wrestle, he's going to jump off the top rope. He's going to hit fucking crossroads. I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck am I watching here? This is Dustin Rhodes. You've I'm been in the industry your whole life. Yeah. Your dad is rolling over in his grave. Your leg went through a cinder block. If you want to say that he's like this badass guy that wants to still fight, and he's limping around and Swerve's beating the shit out of him. And every now and then he gets like a punch in or something. Or he gets like a takedown. Okay, goodbye. You want me to believe he's jumping off the top rope? And then hitting crossroads like nothing. And then he was like, oh, I'll limp around after. Come on, dude. You're dusting fucking roads. Please. Does everybody... What is it like? Is it like written in stone? Is it like in their contract that you have to make looking wrestling look as fake as it fucking is like is that is that, is that in the AEW contract you're dusted Rhodes. this is not daniel garcia this is not nick wayne what the fuck i i have here that uh the crowd was chanting for hangman and i generally thought okay they're gonna bring hangman out and they're gonna continue their little feud but no like <laughs> you said they limped he, up. He probably up. wasn't even there. He probably he, wasn't. Dude, he's probably having a New Year's party with the Buckaroos and fucking uh, Golden Fleece. Yeah. Yeah. So I put on here that they, they're they still plugging a failed video game that at one point last month only had <laughs> 15 active users. <laughs> so, 
Swerve yeah. wins. Dude, they spent two years. They spent two years on a video game. This, dude, this, Kenny Omega's like lasting impression on AEW. The the piece of shit video game in Riho. Oh, that's great. That's great. Swerve wins, and they immediately cut to the drunks with the beers in their hands dancing around. Stay classy. All right, okay, all right, okay so I'm going to – can I say something else about this too? Go ahead. So Swerve is in the ring giving the fans the middle finger, telling yeah. them to fuck off, well, and not – right? And then Nana's outside the ring trying to get them to chant this is Swerve's house at the same fucking time. At the same time. I'm like – I'm like, it, it, again, is it, bro, is it me? Like, it, it, like me, like maybe this stuff doesn't matter anymore. Maybe I should just stop watching wrestling altogether. Because dude, the guy's in the ring giving the fans the middle finger, and his manager is six feet away getting the fans to cheer for him. Here's the problem: when you have a Nassau kind type of crowd, bro, they, that's that has, that, dude, that's the, not on the crowd. That's the, on Nana. Nana should not fucking be doing that. Okay, granted, Nana should not be doing that, but the fans were still going to chant and cheer and, and we, because his song plays. So when the song plays, that's the AEW rule. Dude, he gets cheered everywhere. He's, he's good. He's, I get, this this is the problem, bro. When you watch their program, the good, the good, the guys you want to see stand out because the rest of them suck. And that's the fucking problem, bro. Here's, here's here's what the problem was here, and here's probably why he was flipping them off. It had nothing to do with what because he was trying to actually be oh, a heel, but yeah. his manager is oh. trying to get him over. It had nothing to do with the manager. The manager take Nana out of the equation. Those fans still would have cheered because they feel like that's their role to play whenever the music hits, regardless of that, what. Dude, that was that was halfway through the match. The music Hold was on. way over. Hold on, let me finish. So the crowd dies right after the center block starts. If I'm a worker, okay, if I'm if I'm Swerve, and you are sitting on your hands and yawning during this match that I just had, granted it makes no fucking no, no, sense. no. But that's the point. They weren't. They were cheering him, and he oh, was trying to get no, them to the stop cheering him. Dead. The crowd was dead. And no, no, you're wrong. At the the point no, I'm talking right. about, go back and watch it. When he flipped the crowd off, they were they were cheering. This is Swerve's house. Okay. And he was like, he literally did, nah, 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 not today. And gave them the finger and his idiot managers outside the ring saying, this is fucking Swerve's house. You see, they weren't chanting Swerve's house, Swerve's house. They weren't. Yes, they were. I don't, don't rewind it. I literally, it's in my fucking notes. I wrote it down for a reason. It 100% happened. They were chanting, this is Swerve's house. That's right. The exact thing they were chanting. And he said, he goes not. He literally went no and gave them the finger while his manager is telling him to do it. Go back and watch the tape and tell me I'm wrong. Hold on. The match ends. The crowd is dead up until the fucking match ends and the music hits. Then they start chanting Swerve's house and start doing the dancing. It was in the middle of the match. I'm telling you, go back and watch it. He flipped them off again afterwards, too. He flipped them off again at the afterwards while his music was playing. And I guarantee you the reason why he flipped them off is that, no, no, you don't get to fucking sit on your hands during my match, regardless of whether it makes sense or not. I'm putting my body on the line for you. You have no fucking reaction to it. But yet you want to cheer and dance and flip off. Uh, I don't know. I think I think you're off on this one. I mean, if, if I'm a worker and the crowd is fucking totally. I mean, I mean he did, that's not what he yelled into the camera. He, what he yelled into the camera is like. I'm done with this fucking bullshit. Oh, yeah. like, that was afterwards. He's like, I'm done with this shit. Yeah. 
Yeah, he said it. He said it. I'm, the, I'm done with this bullshit. Like, put me in the real matches, which he's don't, right about. I mean, he's right about. He's one of the only guys getting a reaction. If you want to be a heel, what did you think was going to fucking happen? First off, even if Keith Lee had been there, they were still going to fucking cheer for Swerve because the angle is dead. No, he's getting cheered. Right, but, that, but see, this the problem is it's not his fault. They're not putting him. He it, it, Listen, if Swerve wasn't going to be in the finals of that tournament, he shouldn't have been in it. That's my opinion. That There's no reason. You should have got him in a fucking story with somebody else. Yeah, I mean, the Hangman Page angle, he was a heel. And he was booked as a heel quite well. I yeah, but the problem is everybody, dude, Hang, Hangman Page is so fucking cold, stone fucking cold with a, with the fan base. And this is, this is, this, there, there, this is hit, you hit the problem right there. When you watch Swerve and Hangman, Swerve is so much fucking better than Hangman, you want to fucking cheer for Swerve even though he's the bad guy. And that's a problem, bro. That's the reason why MJF became a babyface because they could put him in a ring with people like Hangman Page, who he's better than. Well, what kills me is I think Swerve wants to be a heel, and I think that the crowd doesn't want him to be a heel. So he's right, a- because he's against guys he's better than. They yeah. have nobody. They have nobody that they could say cheer for him over this bad guy. You know what they say? That good guy sucks, and that bad guy's awesome. So I'm going to cheer for him. So I, I think that when you hit the nail right on the head. It's the MJF principle. The MJF deal was... The same thing's going to happen to Swerve. They're going to have to turn him baby at some point because everybody's going to keep cheering him. These idiots are going to cheer for me no matter what, so you might as well find a way to cheer, turn me into a cool heel. But here's the thing. I don't think they're idiots. I think the problem is... It's, the problem is is that you don't have... You don't have those good, really over baby faces that could... That could uh, make that difference you know when when omega had his great title run the one thing they did that was brilliant to that horror thing is callus was with him because they fucking the aw fan fucking hates don callus they fucking can't stand him so when he was with omega he kept omega heel just by being with him yep and and the problem is is nobody gives a flying fuck about prince nana or anybody else that comes out with swerve they look out swerve and they're like this guy's fucking awesome and all the guys he wrestles suck. So I want to cheer for him. That's a problem. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he's referring to... If, Prince- if, you, if, you, if you went back to day one AEW, when Cody was the most over guy in the company, if you took that Cody and put him against Swerve right now, Swerve would get over as a heel because Cody would be so over as a babyface. But the yeah. problem is they don't have that fucking guy. Uh, well, I mean, they might have that guy in somebody like an Adam Copeland or somebody like that. But no, we'll get we'll get there. But somebody no, like who? I'm sorry, you cut, you cut Adam, off. Adam Copeland. He's a fucking fool. Well, yeah, that. yeah, we got it right. But but that he, right, that, you know what? That actually might work. But he's in another book, program right now. They got a book of nostalgia act, which we'll get there. But anyway, I have nothing else to say about Swerve, and I don't know where they're going to go with Swerve from here. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But, I don't know. Uh, and here, and then here's the problem: you just put the title on a on a heel. Yeah. So unless you're going to turn Swerve baby, that takes him out of the title picture, right? Uh, Jericho and Guevara, Sting and Darby Allen, they defeated Ricky Starks, Big Bill, and the Callis family, which was uh, to take a shit and Powerhouse Hobbs. Don Callis was around ringside. All right. Here's my here's my 
first I'll let two you comments go. on this. I'll go first, and then and then you can go. All right. The first the first thing I noticed it was the booze for Jericho. Obviously, um, I don't know if you want to get into the details, uh, but we could if you want to. I, don't, I mean, I want to spend a lot of time on it because, I mean, I, obviously, I I mean, I think this is like old news, but apparently it's news again. Uh, I, I'm not defending Jericho. I, I, listen, I don't know what the fuck happened, but here's what I know. This scenario happened four fucking years ago, and we heard about it then, and there wasn't this big outcry. But beca- now because Jericho does something stupid on Christmas Eve, it gets called out by Corny and Last, rightly so. Uh, and now now it's like, you know, Jericho this, Jericho that. I, you know what? I, I, I can't with this shit. I, I don't give a fuck. I really don't. You know what? If he did something wrong... You know, you know what? AEW needs to do something about it. But if if it's bullshit, so, it's bullshit. Whatever. Uh, yeah. But the the bottom line is the fans are booing them, and they're they have a, they're gonna have a big problem with that because they just returned them, baby. Uh, I don't I don't know if you want to get into that. If you if you do, go ahead. Then I'll go on with match stuff. Let, let me let me get into this because I did not know about it. I did not know about any of this with Kylie Ray until oh day I heard about it daily when she left the company. I didn't hear about this part with Jericho. Okay, I, I, well, I, I did. I back and listened to what Alvarez said, and Alvarez is like, this is the only time I'm going to talk about this. She had a condition, and then she had something go on personally, and then she left wrestling, which she was only gone for about two fucking weeks. Okay? Let's get that part straight. Well, I, I mean, I don't trust anything that those guys And then Tony Khan does that press conference. I, I sent you the link to that going, Oh, yeah, it was completely amicable. She's a good person. And he looked really fucking awkward when he was giving this answer. Like, well, well, her, I, No, I'm not saying her leaving wasn't. I, I felt like it was awkward at the time. But, I, again, it was four fucking years ago. Why are we rehashing this now? We're rehashing it now because to Mr. Tony Khan probably got his NDA checkbook out and made her sign one when she left the company. So, so all right, so I, I, I'm, and now I'm asking now. So the reason this has become a story again is because Jericho said to Stephen P. New that he's never in his life signed an NDA, and now there people are saying that he signed one over this situation. Is I that? So. I think that's what it is. I mean, I honestly like I listened to what Corny and Last were saying about the whole the fight in the back, the all 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 out fight and all that. And Jericho, I mean, he's lying. He wasn't in the room. So I agree with them on that. So could he be lying about not signing an NDA? Yeah, I mean, I guess he could. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that's not true. Like, here's I, the thing, though, man. I mean, you got a married guy getting a woman into a hotel room allegedly after telling the woman, "Hey, oh, it's not good. It's not. If it's true, it's not good. I get, I get it, bro." The hotel room. There's a party going on, and then it's just him in the hotel room. And when he doesn't get what she wants, she leaves the company and has a complete mental fucking breakdown over it, which. I'm not going to Bro, listen, I am not defending Chris Jericho. All I'm saying is this, a lot of this came out then and it didn't go crazy. I just don't understand why it's going crazy now. If there was, if all parties involved in that signed an NDA and she got paid, I guess, I guess there's smoke or there's fire. And you know what? Would it shock me? No, it wouldn't shock me. I never, I don't know where you, I'm not defending Chris Jericho. I'm not at all. I don't know where you got the Kylie Ray bit from back then because when she left the company, they were watertight about it and it was 
Oh, she left for personal reasons. I know. No, I dude, I heard the Jericho story when she left. A hundred percent heard it when she left. So there were there were rumors out when she left that some situation happened with her going to a hotel room with just Chris Jericho. She'd inspect it just to be him. Something. The whole thing. The whole thing you sent me about what what they're saying about Jericho. I heard that four years ago. So Nick Houseman goes on there. Now apparently Nick Houseman's a piece of shit because he's known about this. Apparently he's known about this forever and has never said anything. Didn't do the whole speaking. You know, this is right when the speaking out shit was going on too, wasn't it? Like uh, right. Uh, I, I think it was prior. I actually think it was prior. Okay, so this woman has to be. So what happens is because some, the speaking that speaking out thing happened during uh when everything was shut down, and I think she had left prior to that. Yeah, she did. She she only was in the company for maybe six months. Uh, yeah, if that, yeah, yeah. No, I do, dude. I remember the scenario. I totally remember it. And I don't, and I, I, I'm being honest with you. I don't recall where I heard it from, but I definitely heard that there was some weird situation with Jericho at that time. So they, they, some anonymous YouTuber posted this shit and she sends out an heart emoji replying to it. So. I, you know what, bro? I, I don't, I don't know. bro. I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even know what to say. But, Listen, if you if you're if you're a fan out there and you and you want to be pissed off at Jericho and hate him over it, go ahead. I'm not going to tell you not to because I don't know what the fuck happened. Here, so how he could be a piece of shit. I don't know. I, you know what I mean, I'm not going to defend him. How it translates to this to tonight is because Aiden, I will go on the record and tell. They, you, I mean, I feel like they got to take him off TV for a while, right? I will go on the record once again, and I will say that. 90% of the fucking AEW audience goes online to Twitter and Meltzer and reads the fucking... I wish they would listen to us, but they don't. They listen to Meltzer, and they listen yeah, to... Yeah, because, because Meltzer's fed what they want to hear. That's yeah. right. So, oh, we could go there with feeding shit that just happened. But anyway, we'll get there afterwards. Um, I know we want to move quick here, but... So the wokey AEW crowd, they're all a bunch of woke marks who follow Melter's every word and follow wrestling Twitter's every word. They've heard about this during the day. So <clears throat> when they, when they showed the graphic for this match before it started, you could hear them cut the crowd mic. Oh, yeah, it yeah, doesn't, yeah. doesn't surprise me. And then when the match, you know, you know why? Because I know, I know for a fact, cause I've been to AEW shows and WWE did the same thing. Oh, yeah. When when you're not on air, they'll show graphics in the crowd when they're like on commercial or promo breaks, and and your crowd will react to things. So they probably knew he was gonna get fucking booed out of the building. So, um, there was not as many people singing. There were people singing, but nowhere near as many. He normally would have that whole fucking building. Oh yeah, oh That's the whole building. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Darby Allen looked like he was wearing his fifth grade art class smock to the ring. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was like, what the fuck Darby wearing? He were, uh, and as soon as the bell rings, I noticed a lot of people bolting for the bathroom. You, you know, you, well, you know, you know, the other, the, the other, for, first of all, I, think I got a couple things that Mark Hobbs looks like a million bucks. I mean, hmm. I wish they would actually like do something with this guy because. He's got, he's got, he's, it's all there. It's all there. He could talk. He got the look. And they just seem to always go two steps forward, three steps back. The other yep. one was Callis. Again, 
fuck you, Callis. Like, that was a loud dude, chant. Like, he gets entrance, a reaction, dude. Their entrance with the Last Supper painting in the background. I, I love it, dude. Oh. I fucking love it. Um, I put uh, people using this as a bathroom break, and I said, every time I see Big Bill, I miss Enzo Amore more and more. Yeah. Dude, how what it, what is it with Enzo Amore that Khan has not signed him back? Is he a fucking moron? People in the locker room don't like him. I, well, well, I mean that—that's a problem there because apparently you have to suck everybody's ass to get along in the AEW locker room because you know, also, you know, he did that thing at the ROH pay per view back before AEW even started when ROH and New Japan ran the Garden. He yeah, hopped. well they well they blame that on New Japan. ROH and New Japan had a big problem with that. I remember that. Yeah, or uh, New Japan got mad at ROH for doing it. It was one of those two things. Dude, have you watched any of his, like, Instagram shit, the promos he cuts? Oh, yeah. He could talk better than 90% of the guys in the business. Um, I mean, I, I, you know what? I don't know. Maybe I'm biased. I think, I I, I, I think he could be an asset to a company like AEW. Put a guy on TV that could actually fucking talk. Wow, God forbid we do that. The whole Twitter drama during the day really hurt this match overall because... There was a spot in this match where Sting had a Scorpion Deathlock on on somebody, and, and, and oh, and Jericho uh, put it on, dude. They at the walls, and yeah, no reaction whatsoever. It, it, well, no, what happened was is Jericho started Ooh. the walls first, and then they booed, and then Sting started putting a Scorpion uh, uh, Deathlock in, and it's like the they didn't know what to do. You know, it, yeah, I agree with you there. Um, if the Twitter drama had not happened, they would have blown the roof off the joint. There was something that happened earlier in this match I got to bring up, and I'm not, listen, he's 60-something years old, but that spot with Sting, Sting and the Rick, what the fuck was he doing? <laughs> I don't know if he was like, he thought he was closer to the ropes, but he like literally just dropped him on his face. And I'm like, dude, it's every match. There's something like this in every fucking match on this show. And it's like, I, listen, Sting's at the end of the road here. We get it. I'm not saying this to knock him. It just, it really just fucking stands out with this place. It's, it's bad, bro. No, and, the- and even, even, I, I kind of like this, the Darby toss spot where Bill and Hobbs like swung him back and forth, forth and they tossed him, but they threw him so fucking far. The kid landed on his fucking head. Yeah. Um, I, I have a problem with this match. Same, same way as the other eight man tag. Didn't need to be on the show. <laughs> These other eight man tag again. Um, this they here? booked this match on fucking Wednesday. Where do you go from here? How does this further so, the overall so, arc? Bro, let me let me ask you this now. Not not knowing that the Jericho shit was going to explode, which it would have been worse had this happened. But watching that whole segment, I got the sense that, and, and I'm sure everybody else did too. I'm not fucking Nostradamus here. The Sammy breakdown with the Callis family was Jericho wants to wrestle Starks and Bill for the tag team titles. His tag team partner, Kenny Omega, why their tag team partners beyond me, but okay, they are. He's out. So now we're going to bring Sammy Guevara back into the fold so Jericho has a tag team partner. But instead of doing a tag team match for their tag team titles, they book a fucking eight-man. Because they didn't know what to do with Sting and fucking Darby. That's the reason why. Oh, my God. Tony said, holy shit. It's Wednesday. My pay-per-view's on Saturday. I don't have a match for Sting. It's his last time in New York. I got to give him a match. Okay, we can't do it. So we'll do an eight-man tag match. 
it's the laziest fucking bullshit ever. And uh, you could be the biggest defender of AEW all you want, but I'm telling you right now, it's lazy. It's you're sitting in your playroom as a 10-year-old with your plastic ring and your rubber wrestlers, and you're making matches. That's what it is. Sorry, it's what it is. We're going on re- going on message boards under pseudonyms, <laughs> asking people's advice. Yeah, <laughs> oh, even better. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, 208-man. You want, you want to know something? This this is the, any, any of you New Japan people out there, you'll know what I'm talking about. New Japan 2014, 2015, 2016, the beginning of Wrestle Kingdom used to be like all those eight-mans and four-mans and six-mans. They did away with all that now. They they have probably well they have a million titles like AEW does a million fucking titles. So what they do is they have matches that sh- they try to have meaning with and actually give you good matches for the whole Wrestle Kingdom now. You know they they got they went away from all that. This guy just wants to put everybody on the fucking show, and it doesn't matter what the stories are if you actually have one. We're just gonna throw a fucking eight man match. Oh, well, we have an eight man. Let's have another one. Well, that's all good because. You know what the fans, they just want to see Sting, or they just want to see Darby, and they're going to be happy with that. They don't care. They'll just be happy with that. You're wrong, bro. That's why your ratings fucking suck, because you have no stories. You know, it's man. A, it's, a, it's a guy's sitcom. This is what he used to call fucking WWE in the Attitude Era, WWF in the Attitude Era. It was like a guy's sitcom. We watched every week, and we didn't watch every week to be like, oh, I hope they could get, you know, Ken Shamrock on the show this week. Watch this week because we wanted to see Stone Cold kick people's fucking asses. So what does Vince do? He had Stone Cold kick people's fucking asses every fucking week because that's what the people want to see. But no, you have Tony <laughs> it's Khan. It's not fucking hard. They have Tony Khan that goes, no matter what the storylines are, I think people just want to see good matches. Yeah, you know what? I want to see good matches, too. Can you have a good match? Can you have one good fucking match on your pay-per-view? You know, every every single one of those match. Boring, crowd's dead, crowd's dead. Nana, Nana working against Swerve, what I was talking about earlier. Hey, that's my notes here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good matches. Oh, I fell asleep. I fell asleep during this fucking pay-per-view. Next match, Julia Hart versus uh, Abaddon. And I put, uh, I like I, me and you disagree on that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We're, we're, real quick, before before we go on, the, that finish with, with Guevara, and, and uh, I, I started talking about earlier, with Starks and Guevara. Starks hit the fucking this, this spear. that I popped for it. I was like, oh, that's great. And then Guevara, did, I thought Sting should have got the ping there. Yeah. I, do you think there was something off with him tonight? He dropped Starks on his head. He seemed like he was out of position. I almost thought, well, do you think that was an audible? I thought that might have been an audible. It looked like an audible to me. Okay, so I wasn't. All right. Because I, I literally put a Sammy Penn audible. That was my note. So, uh, And and then they, they did put Sting over afterwards. After they played Guevara's music, they played Sting's music. Everybody got out of the ring. They gave Sting his modem, which is the right thing to do. Don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining about that at all. What I'm just saying is I thought Sting would get the pin. And I was actually watching the match trying to think of who he was going to pin. And I, I, I honestly thought it would be Bill or Hobbs. Yeah. But, all right. Anyway, so uh, that, I'm, I don't, I'm not crazy about that one. All right. On uh, to the next one. Julia Hart versus Abaddon. I, me and you disagree, but I like old Abaddon before she started with this green mohawk and shit like that when she had the red ring gear. 
Yeah, when she was like a monster, and then they booked her like shit, and nobody cared anymore. Yeah, I loved it too. Yeah, it's great. And then they and then they they got rid of her, and now all of a sudden we got to bring her back because we lost Jade Cargill, and we actually have to do some work now. Um, <laughs> I, Julia Hart is over with me. Um, I, I love. love I, uh, she's a. Uh, uh, Julia. I need to see more Sky Blue, and I put here. Um, I just want to see Julia, pal. Yeah. Sky Blue, Julia Hart, Anna J, and Penelope Ford need to form a faction together. <laughs> That's all I'm going that with because I think those four. They Would have... you say an OnlyFans together? I know pay per view. <sighs> anyway. All right. Um, but, they're all. Uh, uh, Julia I... won. That was it. Was great. Julia won. Um, I thought it was the better of the two women's matches, and yeah. that's all, really, really all I got there. I, I look at it like this because you have Sky Blue, Julia Hart, Anna Jay's been there since the beginning. Pene- Penelope Ford has been there kind of since the beginning, but isn't doing much. But they're all four. Well, she's, isn't she knocked up? Yeah, Penelope. Okay, yeah, I th- yeah, I thought so. Yeah. All right, um, so that, that all um, those women are on the kind of the same skill level where. If given the chance, and if given the time, they can actually have good fucking... Uh, dude, so so the first time I saw Penelope Ford, she was booked for NEW and Bethany. And I literally, like, clouds and stars and Cupid struck an arrow into me, and I fell in love. And uh, I was just like, goddamn, pal. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to the promoter afterwards, and I was just like, dude, Penelope Ford. And he's like, she's going to be a star. Exact words. And then, uh, and my last thought about the matches, uh, they stacked the deck against Julia, but she came through. So good job. And I'll move on from there. All right. Um, I for this next match, it's Christian Cage versus. Uh, <laughs> it's like I'm not even going there. Let's move on. <laughs> Adam Copeland defeated Christian Cage. Uh, he won. I'll, I'll go there and say Shayna Wayne. I'm sorry that your husband died, but you are one hot piece of ass. <laughs> I'm sorry. He is a milf. Anyway. Uh, Goddamn pals. Yeah. Just sign this NDA and we'll. Oh, no. oh, anyway. Wait, wait, is Shana Wayne waits waiting for the OnlyFans. Uh, yep. <laughs> as far as this, uh, Matt, I actually thought. <clears throat> Listen, these guys are like the godfather of these TLC matches. It's it sad that these two got the best reaction on the whole show, and it's ex WWE guy versus ex WWE guy. No, it's, no, it's not. It's not. No, bro. This is what I'm trying to tell you. It's because they're fucking good at what they do. You did. Did you see the difference? Now, it, there was, you know, there was a couple iffy spots, like. Uh, Copeland fucking killed Nick Wayne. He fucking the the fire on the table was just a disaster. Was totally botched. Hey, is it, so this is AEW. They've done fire. fire they've <laughs> done fire on the table two two times. They burned Cody Rhodes' fucking back off his body, and then this time they they can't get the fucking fire started. So he loads the table up with fucking uh, uh what do you call it? lighter fluid, and then he throws the kid. 20 feet over the table onto his fucking head. Not a fucking bad. His kid never got up again. They had to carry him out. The ass was the only thing to hit the fire. And they yeah, had to, they had to the 
and they couldn't get their shit together. This kid could not get his shit together and get his spots together. So they had to reload the table with lighter fluid and light it on fire again. Again. And then the thing was, is like, Copeland's like, all right, I'm going to put a shit ton of lighter fluid on it. And then he's like hanging on to the ropes, like trying to act like he's hurt for like 20 minutes. He squeezes this one. He's like, oh, shit, that's not enough. Let me grab another one. <laughs> Dude, they are a fucking disaster. You, Tony, your company is a disaster. Just stop. Edwards, Edwards, Edwards had the text. He said, can we just stop doing these spots? Yes. Yes. The verdict is in. Stop doing these spots. I agree. Hands down. Mission closed. That's it. Stop doing these spots. Please. For, for humanity. For the fact that you are going to burn one of your people to death, stop doing these spots because you clearly don't know what the fuck you're doing. I put here that uh, Nick Wayne, when he did the little RKO off the post on the outside, he totally he he fucked himself over right there. He was oh, bro, why are they putting an 18 year old kid in these spots? Why? He's 18 years old. Because he was popular out there in the Northwest. Oh, Alvarez. He it tri- doesn't matter, bro. You have to be bigger than that. You have to realize this is not what you're supposed to be doing. He had good matches in, in Defy and PWG and Alvarez. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. And he grew up with Darby Allen. Uh, again, this is the problem. This is the fucking problem. I put Let us take care of all our friends. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's safe. It doesn't matter if it's good. Let's just take care of all our friends. Let's just put this 18-year-old kid who has no no business being on TV. Let's put him on TV. And then, you know, we'll do, we'll hire his mom. We'll get his mom in the story. You know, how long before negative one is doing that? You know, you know what's going to happen. I'm surprised they stopped putting him on TV. Tony Khan cannot wait till that kid's 18 years old to throw him through a fucking flaming table on his fucking cranium. Yeah, that yeah, that'll save him. Yeah, you're doing great by him. Let's paralyze, let's paralyze him while his life's getting started. That that'll help him get over his dead father. Yeah, great job, Tony. You're 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 a real humanitarian. Um so this is another problem I have with the fans. Uh they chant for tables. Tables. Oh, dude, I, I, I dude, uh, you know what? I get on you about the fans. They started chanting for tables the second the fucking match started. We want tables. Uh. Dude, you fucking zombies. Every match, we want tables. Like, you don't see enough tables in fucking AEW. And then the tables aren't good enough, so they get the tables out. Yay! And it's We want fire! <laughs> we want fire! And I'm like, fucking. Oh, move. man, hold on, hold on. I'm going to plug my fucking headphones. <laughs> I started laughing so hard. Oh, shit. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Son of a bitch. You there? All right. I got it. All right. All right. Can you hear me? Yeah. And, and yeah, I unplugged my headphones. Sorry. Dude, sure. dude, we want fire. <laughs> Just like these as soon as tables come out, the table isn't even set up yet, and it's we want fire. Dude, so <laughs> let me ask you a question. You they, saw, they saw the lighter fluid, right? That's why they – because there's no reason, other reason why they cheered that. They yeah. had to see the lighter fluid. I bet you Nick Wayne had the lighter fluid sticking out of his back pocket or some shit. They they probably like ran it out while they were showing the promo video, like and handed it to somebody. Yeah. And they were all like, "Oh, lighter fluid! They're gonna light something on fire! Yeah, we want fire! Yeah!" And I'm sitting there going, "You wonder why I don't go to indie shows anymore." Do, do you remember? Do you remember the match? With, I, I I'll never forget this because we're watching the match with Cody, and I and I remember it was like 
I, I don't know if I don't know if I was texting with you, but I know I was texting with Edwards and Stames. I was texting with Smitty and Conda and a boys shout out. And and we're like, what the fuck is on Cody's back? He's like his back yeah. was peeling and he did that fire spot. That's and like all, all the spots where it peered off, he fucking burned the skin off his fucking back. Oh yeah, yeah, it worked out great. So what do they do? So my guess is the jacket that Nick Wayne was wearing was probably fire retardant jacket, right? Yeah. I'm guessing that that's that what the deal was. It's not the fact that he threw him through a flaming table. It's the fact that he threw him 10 feet over the fucking table onto his fucking cranium. I'm done with this. I, I it was probably the best match on the show. It was, but the, the, the problem you got this, you got this nonsense. All right, yep. and then let's get to the ending. I, I, you got what are your thoughts about this ending? Oh, the the, the deal with the oh, we're immediately going to cash in. And yeah, you've made a seven foot tall, three hundred pound guy who was so Copeland wins the match. So let, I mean, if you didn't watch it yet, I don't know why you're listening this far. But anyway, Copeland wins the match, wins the title. All of a sudden, switch. Uh, what, are, what are the fuck they calling him? Uh, Dino douche to me, damn it. That, yeah, Dino douche comes out, uh, and he he fucking takes out Copeland, and he has this his uh, contract that he won to cash it in, and then Cage gets in the ring, is like, "Give it to me," and he's like, "No, I'm not giving it to you." Then Copeland whispers in his ear, or, or Cage whispers in his ear, and he hands it to Cage. Cage signs the fucking contract that he didn't win. It's the referee. The referee's like, okay, yeah, ring the bell, boom, 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 boom. And you, he fucking lays down and fucking pins him and wins the fucking title back. You've turned Dino Douche into more of a douche. Yeah, dude, how are you going to take the guy serious? I'm serious. I don't I don't care that he's seven foot tall. I don't care that he used to be El, El Mortes or whatever in, in Lucha Underground. Nobody cares. All of his credibility is gone now. He is a pussy. Wait, what is he in Lucha Underground? He was something Del Mortes or whatever, and he was somebody in Lucha Underground. I think I believe. Uh, Hold on, I could tell you. Because now it's it's gonna bug me. Um, Why don't I remember that? Maybe it was in the later seasons when I stopped watching. He was the big, tall, god-looking guy in in Lucha Underground. Um. Well, it wasn't Matanza Cueto because that was uh, that was what's his name was in uh, New Japan. He under a mask in the name of Vibora. I think that was yeah. I think that was later on, like three or twenty season. Yeah, that was. I think that was like season three or four. Okay, so I I probably didn't see a lot of that. He debuted as a part of the Reptile Tribe stable. Yeah, that, I think that was later because I I was really locked in for the first two years and then I kind of lost it on that because I um when I moved I didn't have I didn't have the uh, L Ray channel at the time. This is how cool Lucha Underground actually was on the August first, two thousand eighteen edition of Lucha Underground. The character Vibora was killed off, quote unquote, <laughs> via decapitation by a sword wielding Taya Valkyrie. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Yep. That's Luke Underground for you. <laughs> I'll tell you what, one of the greatest podcasts ever done, I'll say to this day, shout out King Firehawk. Yep. And shout out our boy, Hollywood Edwards. Mm-hmm. When, they, when they did the they did the show about Ultima uh, Lucha, Vampiro versus Pentagon Jr., yep. the culmination of that story, season one, 
which was fantastic storytelling. Some of the best storytelling in the last 20 years in pro wrestling. And they did an amazing show about that. So I, I don't know that it's up anywhere. I wish it was because it was great. But anyway. Dino Douche is now a pussy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean he's been, no he's been Cage's back. bitch for how long now, right? There's no coming back from this. Yeah, no, there, no, there can't be, right? Take the mask off of him. Shave his head and make him a German. <laughs> make him a German. <laughs> Asshole. That's what, uh, that's what um, Honky Tonk Man said to Sean Oliver when he was doing that <laughs> interview. And he's like, when he, when he was going to lose the Intercontinental title to Macho Man on Saturday night's main event, they're like, we can, Vince goes, we can rebuild you. And he goes, what are you going to do? Shave my head and make me a German? There ain't no rebuilding me. <laughs> Anyway. All right. Anyway, moving on. We got uh, the eighth match on the card. We have the uh, uh, final Continental Tournament here, fake G1 tournament match. Um, Kingston looks – Kingston versus Moxley. Uh, and my first text to you and Edwards was, <laughs> how many chops did this match? Well, and was- they did not disappoint. Nope. <laughs> um. Nobody bled. Which that's why I shocked. This so my notes were here. How many chops? Like it just texted you guys. How much blood? That was literally my notes before the match started. Um, I actually liked the start of the match. Yeah. They they kind of started with that shoot MMA shit, and then they went right into like wrestling holds. And uh, Eddie Eddie started off. It started off good until the dive. Because once he did the dive, I thought he was I thought he killed himself. He overdove. He hit his head on the fucking railing, the LED. video board, LED board, whatever the fuck he hit. I mean, and then Moxley gives him a double handed DDT, his fucking arm went limp. I'm like, oh my God. To Eddie Kingston's credit though. Yeah, he probably has concussion, but he came through with the rest of the match. Yeah, and you know what? To his credit or to his stupidity, but I'm saying that to knock Eddie because Eddie, Eddie, Eddie's the one thing I'll give Eddie, and I, you know, I'll even give it to Moxley is at least they're like believable as like badasses in a sense. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like you, you, you actually believe that they'll stand in there and like punch each other in the face, even though they're chopping each other instead. You know what I mean? Um, overall, I didn't hate the match. I, I didn't like the finish. Because he hit him with that spinning back fist like seven times in the match, and he and he actually ended up winning on that. And I was like, ah, it's kind of weak. It was it was the spinning back fist after a sissy slap fight. Yeah, yeah, that that exactly. They did this like back and forth slap bullshit, and it, every time Moxley does that, it reminds me of why I hated Dean Ambrose. Because he used to do that in fucking WWE. He used to drive me fucking crazy. I remember I used to go on a Ken Reedy show and me and Ken hated Dean Ambrose. I used to be like, this stupid slap bullshit looks so fake. And I was thinking I was thinking back to this. The, uh, the Rock was on with Rogan. And he was talking about something he had to learn when he first started wrestling was like making punches look real. Like yeah. actually like delivering a blow that people think like, oh, you cracked that motherfucker. And The Rock was talking about that on Rogan's show. And, you know, when he when they sent him back down, that's something he worked on. And this is after his first match, uh, Pat Patterson told him he needs to work on that, the whole thing. And then I'm watching these assholes do this slap fight. And I'm like, 
Yeah, this nobody. This is not believable. Like you're two badasses punch each other in the face. You know what? Claudio's like accentuated uppercut might be like exaggerated, but at least it looks like a fucking blow. When you're slapping a guy 20 times, like if somebody tried to beat me up by slapping me in the face 50 times, I'd probably just punch him in the nose and knock him the fuck out. Like, you know, you're not, you're not gonna, it's not gonna knock me out. You're not gonna go, oh, slap, slap, slap. That's it, dude. If I'm pissed off, that I'm not even gonna feel that. Like, mo- I think most people feel that way. So you do that, and he hits him with the spinning back fist that he hit him with nine other times in the match that he kicked out of, and he just pins him. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? I have here that Kingston looks like he's dropped a couple pounds. He still's got the belly on him, but he does look leaner than what he. If you go he, back, you should be able. Here's the here's the problem. I agree with you, but he ought. The, the problem is he didn't build like muscles in his arms or anything. No, he's, he's still, leaned out everywhere, so he still has the fucking dad bod fucking yeah. bullshit look. And and listen, you could still be a badass and look like that. I'm not saying you can't. And I don't. And I don't really too much care about that with Eddie when when he when he acts like a badass it's when he gets involved with stupid shit like the slapping and all that and and the over just over like shot like I hate whatever what do they call it the hurricane shop or whatever the fuck they call it where they're just like chop 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 I'm like dude come on like just fucking get over it already like do something else kick him knee him punch him you know I got Daniel uh, Brian Danderson's on comments telling you Eddie Kingston's a better striker than me. And I'm watching him going chop, 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 slap, 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 slap. Well, is he really? Here's because what... I, re- I remember when, when everybody said The Undertaker was his great striker, he actually, like, landed strikes. Oh, imagine that. Imagine that. Here's what pissed me off about this, AC. He's doing the machine gun chops that freaking... Uh, oh, machine gun chops, yeah. Everybody did. And Moxley's like, oh, I can't take it anymore. So he goes to another corner. And then, Eddie, <laughs> let me finish. Eddie follows him and does it again. So he breaks down and goes to another corner. And then he goes over and he starts doing it again. He's like, doing it again. <laughs> you know he's coming for you. Yeah, kick him in the dick or something. Knee him in his stomach. No. Or, or, or how about fake the chop and hit him with a fucking elbow and hit him with a fucking suplex or something. You know what I mean? Like, just make it – that. it just – my 14-year-old son, my 14-year-old son, who literally has been watching wrestling since the day he was born. Um, me and his mother watched Raw in our in the hospital room the day he was born. So he's been watching wrestling the day, since the day he was born. <laughs> he had one word after the pinfall. Immediately, Kingston gets the pinfall. And the first thing to come out of my son's mouth, and the only word to come out of my son's mouth, stupid. <laughs> what does that tell you? Enough said. What does that tell you? I'm putting an X through my my notes. That that's joke, dude. He summed it up way better than we did. I out agree. Of the, out of the mouth. Yep. You know what? You know what? If you if you want to know the reaction, ask those. You know. That's your target audience. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen year olds. You know, like eight year olds, like White House's kids, Hollywood's kid. Whenever you guys tell me what your kid, because that that's just what I used to go by when Jazz was that age, and we were watching wrestling. So like, oh, she likes this, she doesn't like that. And if, if a kid, if a kid could see how stupid that is, how stupid do you think it is? So Those are adults in the middle of that ring thinking that was good. Let me expand on this because there's 
my son-in-law, I started when my, when my daughter, my stepdaughter met her now husband, he would come around and there would be wrestling on. I watch wrestling and, and he really didn't get into it. He's a football guy. He occasionally watched USC, but now he started watching wrestling and he loved NXT at the time. Cause this is when NXT before they went to the whole, when, when it was good, <laughs> when it was good. Um, so he starts watching NXT at, the, at his house and this is before they got married and before he got his own home. So he starts watching it around his brother because he still loved at home. His younger brother now, here it is, fast forward about four years later. The younger brother now loves wrestling, okay? So much so that they went to a SmackDown show together, uh, the, la- or the Raw show together, the last Raw I went to in Charlotte. Um, they watched WWE. My son-in-law, I walked, I walked into their house the other day. My son-in-law is watching YouTubers, wrestling YouTubers like wrestling days and, and the fightful people and all these, like what culture wrestling cultaholic, all the British people that I can't stand. So this tells me that, and and also my son who's 14 is doing that. So this is telling me nowadays that with the advent of the internet, it's not just limited to those who subscribe and go online to Meltzer's website. It's not just limited to those who go on. It's it's kind of hilarious that people sure. actually pay him. <laughs> it's I don't. Anyway, I don't blame you. I, I I mean I mean I mean I don't know I mean I mean I know how much we should laugh because we actually ordered this fucking pay per view today. But you know, what kills me is you know. So that tells me you know what what Russo said in the end, or what Russo once said to Vince McMahon is now tripled in size and kind of expanded in that yes in 19 you know he always used to bring up the internet to mcmahon back in 98 mcmahon used to go not everybody has a computer yeah but the one kid who has the computer reads up on Meltzer's site and then goes to school and tells all his friends mm-hmm. and back, even back then people would go oh no you're full of shit this person's not going over and then the person would go over and the next day they're like where'd you hear that from and it, mm-hmm. you know, then you had Splinter websites like NoDQ.com and all that pop up. But nowadays, all you got to go and do is go on YouTube and type in WWE and scroll down to the fourth video. And it's some Yahoo sitting in his fucking living room reading Meltzer and Fightful and everybody else to you. So. Honestly, I'd rather I'd rather take probes and electrocute my testicles and listen to that book but but anyway but that's what these people are doing now i know i get it i get it for Meltzer, and they're intrigued about what's going to happen in the business so when you say you know when my son goes stupid that's that's all that i i that dude that that listen we we could have we could have saved an hour and a half here and just been like joe what does your son think about AEW tonight stupid Uh, okay yep i Agreed. Check mark. We're good. <laughs> we used to get the hookup because my ex-wife actually knows one of the young Bucks' sisters. So, or the young Bucks' sister, I should say, because they're twins. But anyway, they're not twins, but they're brothers. Oh, so you're, you're in the you were in the Buckaroo clan. Yeah, <laughs> just a little ass to get free paper. Wait, do you want to really say that on here? I don't care. <laughs> He's like, I don't have the hookup anymore, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> because my my ex-wife. And my son have had kind of a falling out, so I don't get the free hookup anymore. 
So it's either I have to take to the high seas, oh, hey, matey, and you I know. may or may not have benefited from this hookup before. Yeah. Anyway. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> or may not have some of their shows still saved on my YouTube playlist. <laughs> I know. I know nothing of what you speak. No. Well, you need to move on to the main event. Anyway, but like you know, so I'd rather to know. Well, you know you're on. You're you know you're on air with somebody who's probably on an FBI watch list, right? <laughs> but anyway, so he mystified me when I said, "Hey, Sunday, you want to order pay per view this week?" I, I ordered it, and he's like, "Oh, cool." Hey, there ain't nothing else on tonight, you know. So. Well, you don't want to watch a Cowboys and Alliance? Oh, fuck them. Fuck football. Fuck NFL's the NFL's trash, dude. NFL it is. Sucks. Anyway. That's a whole nother rant. So I I ordered this, and now I'm going to have a $50 charge on my cable bill next month that I'm regretting right now. But. No, but, I, I ordered on uh, um, BR, so I paid it up front. See? Uh, so I streamed I, it. I didn't have the money to pay it up front because I spent my money on Christmas presents. <laughs> How many fucking waffles did you buy, White? Oh, man, a lot. A lot of waffles. <laughs> That son-in-law of mine, man, he can eat, God bless him. <laughs> Had a lot of fun. They charge you extra for the blueberries? <laughs> Dude, I got the pumpkin waffle. That shit was good. They, they, they have, you probably have more blueberries than teeth. <laughs> the fucking <laughs> workers there. I've been, I've been to Waffle House before. I know how it works. Last year, last year we went to one that was north of us in Lynchburg, Virginia, and the fucking waitress was pregnant. <laughs> Working on Christmas Eve, pregnant at the Waffle uh, you know what? Shout out to her. I wish I was there. I would have gave her a big tip because we did. I, you know did. what? Good, we, good. This, you should. We did this. We the last two years. We give everybody who works there ten bucks. Yeah. You know okay. what? Good for you. So, you know what? I, I'm happy to hear that because I work in industry and I get it. So because I, I looked at it, there was three people working there. There was two waitresses this past Christmas Eve. There was two waitresses and a cook. Gave them all ten bucks. Said Merry Christmas. Thank you for the good meal because it was yeah, good for you. Good, you know what? Good for you. I'm anyway. I'm happy to hear that. Anyway, the main event. <laughs> so I actually was like watching the time here, and from the time, uh, the um, the uh, Maxley uh, Eddie match ended, to the time they actually rang the bell in the main event, it was 16 minutes. Did you watch the opening video? I did. For the for MJF, yeah, I did. Yeah, that was fucking amazing. <laughs> it was probably better than the match. To be honest with you, it was actually. You know, you know, that's the thing. Like every now and then, they come out with something where you're like, "That's pretty cool." And I know, and I know, I was joking around. I'm like, they couldn't have found a hotter chick. But it was kind of funny. She was like, "We were fucking in the parking lot for five hours," and I'm, I'm just like, "My son." And you, this and he's glued to it because he likes it. My son is like, This is cool, dad. And then all of a sudden, the woman starts going, Yeah, we fucked in the back seat of my car for five hours. He did shit, put shit in places that I don't even know. Because <laughs> my son is sitting there laughing his ass off at it. <laughs> Wait, how old is he? He's 14. Oh, he's, yeah, he's old. He's, he's good. He's he'll, good. Be, he'll be all right. He'll be all right. He'll be all right. <laughs> so, hey, have you seen Iron Claw? I did. Okay, well, I, I I haven't yet, but I was just wondering if you saw it. I don't know why that popped in my head. Okay, but. do not do any kind of refresher on the Von Eric story before you go watch the movie. No, it, my Jet, my daughter saw it. She told me the same thing. But she, she, ra she raved about it, though. It's good. It's very good if you can block out how historically inaccurate it is. Yeah, yeah, she, she, she filled me in. 
But you do it. It's Hollywood. It, it always happens that way. They went to Jeff, and Jeff wrote half of it. So, you know, Jeff had, wrote Jeff wrote the historically accurate half because you yeah. know him. He would not write this historically inaccurate half. He wrote the fact. He wrote how, how, and in what order. How, how many? How many times <laughs> do you think your buddy uh, Magic Mike watched it? Magic Dassey over there. Uh, let me tell you something. <laughs> I know your game, Joe White. I know your game, Joe White. I am the Iron Claw. <laughs> dude, dude, dude the, be- the best part about that whole thing was, and I love go- rehashing it and going back to it, is that, like, he's, like, crushing you. He's making me feel like a piece of shit. And Edwards is literally making fun of him to his face, and he has no clue. And then he's like, I love your work. <laughs> Good luck, man. I love your work. I love your work. I love your work. And then he, if you go on IMDb, Jeff Edwards, Hollywood writer. <laughs> so you know he was Googling, you, you motherfuckers. <laughs> Probably me, too. Good yeah. luck with your book. Oh, yeah. Well, you, Anthony. Well, you, did. Oh, God. Dassey. When, Mel, Melvin. Magic Melvin Dassey. But they, uh, speaking of Melvin. Great, great, greatest five hours in YouTube history. Magic Melvin Dassey. Speaking build. You got to listen to the whole five hours because it all ties together. It like it like just comes like we're we're going on and on about fucking. It was better you know, than making th- a murderer and fucking uh uh yeah what the fuck is it zombie show on fucking a- AMC fucking whatever now oh. end of the world. Uh, yeah, dude. It, uh, every time I listen back, I'm just like I I got to listen from the beginning because I got I got to get the whole flow of how we got and I go into the whole thing about how. Taven's calling everybody Melvin's because remember Taven had the knee injury and he was doing commentary for ROH and he started calling like all the Bullet Club fans Melvin's and that's how the Melvin thing came in and then then we were talking about Dassey we got the Melvin Dassey you said Melvin Dassey that was like magic Melvin Dassey and then fucking sending pictures of oh god you got you guys got to go back it's on the Pillar Post of Taven and Melvin's. Yes. To the main event, dude, dude, how, dude. How funny is it? Before we get into the main event, did you see like two, three weeks ago on on uh, Dynamite where the um, Roddy came out? He was still in the wheelchair, and he got pushed out by Taven and Bennett, and Taven had the giraffe hoodie on. Oh yeah, I, dude, I laughed my fucking balls off. I literally tweeted at Taven or X, whatever the fuck it is now. At Taven, I was like, "Do you need to put fucking Taven on that and sell that shit?" And he fucking retweeted it. I was like, "Dude, I'm like, dude, that's a great." And he hasn't worn it since. I'm like, Tom's probably like, "Oh yeah, it was probably uh, uh what's her name uh, uh Buckaroo's wife over there couldn't market it." We'll get there because I have a lot to say about that. All right, all right, let's 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 finish this match and then we'll We're get an hour and forty five in, and I know you don't want to be here all night because you got to work tomorrow. Dude, um, I don't. I don't got to be until eight o'clock or uh, seven o'clock tomorrow night. So we're good. then let's go all night. All right, no, no. <laughs> all nighter. Yeah, pal. Like we used to, bro. <laughs> Dusty tribute show. <laughs> Edwards is listening to that. Like, yeah, all night, asshole. Three hours in, you fucking fall asleep, and I got to cut the fucking show. Yeah, great. Vintage AC. <laughs> or the night after WrestleMania thirty, I think. It was. Oh, dude, no, thirty-one. Morning, you're thirty-one. No. 5 a.m. in the morning. No, that was it. 31. No, it was uh, it was the one in it was the one in Tampa, right? Mm-hmm. Where where uh, with Undertaker and Reigns. Yep. Remember, remember, remember when I when I went I 
I, I was an asshole back then. I'm not going to lie. And I was, like, trashing The Undertaker. And you, Rick, and, uh, and Edwards were, like, not fucking having it. <laughs> Edwards like, it's the greatest character in wrestling history. And I'm like, yeah, they're kind of right. Uh, maybe I went a little too far with this one. <laughs> Oh, so, uh, dude, we did, I, a pre, we did pre and post. I was right about Punk. I was right about AEW as a whole. I was right about Cornette. And I'm right about The Undertaker. It's all come full circle. <laughs> well, a lot of you guys are right about The Undertaker. And here's the thing. This, this is the truth about Cornette. When he talks about the political shit, it still pisses me the fuck off. Yeah. But, 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 I will say... When it comes to the wrestling talk, he's a lot more accurate than I thought. Yep. And 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 I, honestly, the way I started listening to him was I would get I would just I would get like the those clips they do on YouTube, like twenty yep. minutes here, half an hour there, and then and then I started listening to the podcast. So I kind of uh, just tune out the shit that I don't really care about, and then I listen to you know, and not I listen to the whole thing. I just like look over that, like we could agree to disagree on certain things, and then. I, what I want to hear about, then I'll I'll dial in, uh, and it's 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 pretty much all Tony Khan's fault, <laughs> dude. I honestly still think Punk's an asshole, but the problem is, he, the guys that he dealt with in AEW are bigger assholes. <laughs> so the the MJF versus Samoa Joe, I, me and you disagree on MJF. I like MJF's current character, except for the kangaroo kick. I cannot stand that spot. All right, so here's my here's my issue with MJF. Did you see the Players Tribune article? Yes and no. I, I read something about how he blames, like, he compared AEWs to the Jews or some shit like that? Uh, I don't think he did that. That might be a little bit of a stretch. But he pulled back the curtain, which he was always the... Guy that really didn't break kayfabe. Recent too. This is recent. Oh yeah, just in the last few days. Yeah. I'll send it. I'll send it to you. You could you could read it. I mean, it's dude, it's long, so I don't want to. There's so many details to it. I want to get in the whole thing, but it's just very like not what he's been, and it's very like you need to just love AEW because they did all this great shit for talent, and you, you know what, contract wise and. Uh, uh, workday wise, uh, some of that's probably true, but the problem is, is you were the guy that never broke kayfabe, and now all of a sudden you're breaking kayfabe for what reason? Because you're, people are cheering you now? Uh, I don't know. I it, it just rubbed me the wrong way. And then he literally was goes like, "Yeah, they bill me as five eleven, but I'm I'm five eight, and I'm just this little Jew boy that would never win a title anywhere else." You know, and I'm just like, all right, like, do we got to get into, hey, we're not now, Jew, black, this, I mean, come on, do we really got to go into this stuff? Uh, it's fucking really, 2023! Do we really got to go woke with it? But then again, that's my point, bro, that's my point, why, why? It's all Wokies wrestling, that's their fan base, that's why they threw Jericho. Well, that, well, that's why they got a, a, a faction of one person, but yeah, that's a story for another day. Anyway, uh, but anyway, so this, as far as this match goes, I gotta say, I thought Joe looked fucking amazing in this. Match. Joe is on point when this yeah. match. I thought he was great in this match. Um, I got the sense the whole match that Joe was gonna win, 
but here's this the surprising part I'll say. Um I'm I'm gonna I all in all, I'll call it the best match on the show. Because it had the most importance. It had the story behind it. I mean, it's not really saying a lot on this show. And I could poke holes in the other two, the Copeland match and the Moxley match. The ending in that match, eh. And then the Copeland match, the ending, whatever, and the fucking Nick Wayne getting thrown on his fucking head. I can't get past that. bothers me. But this match, the two guys, they worked. They looked great. And the one thing they did, they had the little spot there with the ring where Cole couldn't find it, could have found it. He sold that well. And he obviously did it on purpose, which you thought at the time maybe did, maybe didn't. But there, it was kind of still like a clean win for Joe, which surprised me. I thought that, they fucked the finish. What's that? I thought they fucked the finish because his arm goes one, two. Well, well because, because the fucking referee paused. Yeah, and then the referee hit three, and it's kind of like his arm landed like on. He didn't his, su- like on his he didn't. Su- right, he like. It's like the ref didn't. Did, that the might ref- be a details thing. Did he not know that was going to happen? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I think uh, they fucked the finish because I thought he fully. Yeah, maybe you're right, dude. Maybe you're right. His arm up, but no, yeah. he goes down. You know what? That's a good point. I didn't. You know what? I didn't throw enough weight into that. That ref- was very fucking awkward. The referee sits there looking at his hand like, oh, ring the bell. You yeah, know? yeah, he paused, he paused like, oh, shit. It, oh, shit, it went down. I, I don't know if they were going for shock value and he didn't. Maybe the ref just blew it, bro. Then again, they always say the ref is supposed to treat it like a shoot. Yeah, so maybe he fucked up. He, I think the ref fucked the finish. All right, let's, let's um, yeah. So uh, then, but I'll, I would still say it's the best match on the show well, because – Crowd looked you actually had shocked as, uh, as anybody else at that too. Well, the crowd, because I because the bell the bell didn't ring because he didn't call for the bell, and I think yeah. that's the problem. So, so are it, you going to put that on Bryce? I think that's on Bryce. Yeah, it's on Bryce. So, a couple things here. Adam Cole, as soon as Adam Cole came or did the big entrance, it kind of tipped me off, but at the same time, it didn't because every time MJF has had a world title match on a pay-per-view, Cole has been there. So mm-hmm. I, I I was like, okay, is he or isn't he? Okay. All right. So I I'm not I'm not saying this to brag like I'm some kind of genius or anything because I uh I don't view it this way at all. But I said from the beginning that it was Adam Cole because they presented they presented this feel that this was never supposed to be a thing it kind of morphed into a thing with Cole and and MJF and it just made a lot of sense you had the Roddy Strong you had the Kingdom then you had the Wardlow thing and actually I actually said to Steams and Edwards yesterday before Spears before it came out that Spears was oh that I thought he could be on that like, because there's so there were so many guys no, the, and I, and, the Wardlow spot was made for Kyle O'Reilly, but he's not ready to return yet. I firmly believe that if Kyle O'Reilly was ready to return, maybe maybe, maybe you're right. But 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 let let's be Wardlow fair. For hold on, hold on, hold on. Be fair for a second though. They they reintroduced Wardlow into this thing weeks ago. Weeks ago. It's not like he wasn't. It's not like Wardlow disappeared and then he came into this. 
Wardlow was teasing part of it. And I think that was, I actually will give them credit because I think that was done by design. I think he was always supposed to be part of it. Um, and it, to be honest with you, I, I wasn't for sure. And Edwards asked me about the tag match. Could you tell who it was? And I was like, no. But when we were going back and forth about it, we both agreed that it probably could be Taven and Bennett, the tag match from Dynamite. Just like size-wise, you're kind of trying to guess. And and they didn't work like they normally do. So I, I give them credit for not really giving it up. I just always thought it was Adam Cole. Because I've watched AEW from the beginning, and I feel like I know how they... I hate to say I know how they think, but I feel like I know how they think. Dude, We the, the, the audio is out there. Go... Retromania Wrestling Podcast Network. I, I haven't mentioned it all night. I'm sorry. Retromania. Cool Truth Podcast Productions. Check it out. Retromania. It's all there. The audio's back there. Go back a couple years. Be- before, uh, uh, what was that MJF group with FTR and uh, Spears and... Um, the Pinnacle. Uh, Pinnacle, yeah. Before, before that ever formed, we booked that whole fucking thing on the show before anybody knew it was going to happen. Just... It was just logic to what we were watching. It happened a little bit later than we thought, but we booked that whole fucking thing, every guy to a fucking T. The only, the only thing we got wrong is we didn't think they would go to five guys. Uh, <clears throat> so anyway, point being is, like, I feel like their booking is very predictable. And I I just use the Occam, Occam, Occam's razor theory. Just going on the most logical thing is probably the true thing, right? And that's the way I looked at it. And I... I it did not shock me for a second it was Cole. I was not surprised. I knew it was going to be Cole. And when he came out, I knew it was going to fucking happen. I didn't know exactly how, the whole thing. I actually brought up to you guys, in the, I thought they might pass the mask around like it was Scream, where they're all the killer type thing. Just, just you know, just trying to make a movie reference, maybe something they watched. That's not really how it happened. But, listen, this is... I know the AEW faithful and everything else are going to try to paint this as like some brilliant storytelling. This is not what it is. It's not. It's not at all. Uh, I here's the thing. I get. I get. I get what they're trying to tell you here. Cole never was his best friend. Cole's only goal was to get the title. Blah blah blah. Okay. <laughs> I get it. The problem is. He doesn't they built the they, they built right now he doesn't have the title right so why does he hate max let's let now we have to find that out so there's there's back work that needs to be done here or there's work going forward that needs to be done and the the other the other part of this whole thing is so many rumors went crazy about who this mass devil was going to be that they almost got it to a point where they put themselves in a position where they can't win. Yeah, right? the, the hype was too great. They weren't going to live up right. to the- and, and, dude, I, I'll tell you, you could you could go back yesterday. Shout out to my boy, Tenacious Tyler, down there in Florida. He, he put it up on Facebook yesterday. Who do you think the devil is? I go, Adam Cole. He loved it the minute I put it up there. I was like, it's Adam Cole. I fucking knew it. Dude, ask Hollywood of Stames. I said it fucking four, three months ago. Let me I'm like, this makes sense. It, it makes sense based on what AEW does that this was going to be Adam Cole the whole time. He had he had all the players in place, and every every time I watched Roddy and 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 the Kingdom do those spots about 
him Adam. being yeah, Adam, Adam, Renee, Renee, MJF, he's the devil. Every because they kept them in the storyline every time, every fucking time. And then here, remember when Joe first wanted to help MJF? What did Adam Cole say? Joe's my friend. And here you go. Let Who me help them. Let Joe. me ask because I'm going to read you a couple of the things that. I put here because you were asleep at this point. <laughs> oh, but well, when I when I rewatched it, yeah. No, let me. I, I put here. Uh, if they engineered this Cole injury from the beginning, then I would definitely give the snowman his props. But I think Cole is actually injured. Well, we Do you, don't know that yet. Yeah, I, I think it still I, could be a work. I think it still could be a work, but dude, it's got to be. How could they do it if it's not a work? The way he stood up out of that chair at the end of the pay-per-view makes me think it's a work. Um, right. Irony, when, and my whole point, my whole point when I said it at the beginning is I think the injuries will work. And this is where ring gear is important. I know here goes Whitey again talking about the ring gear. And I put in our group text that me and you and Edwards have. Any irony to the fact that Joe is wearing black and gold trunks, which are Adam Cole's colors. Do you uh, think? I think that was set up. I mean, but he's worn they, it before. But yeah, he's worn that before. But they said Joe is working with the devil. Adam Cole's colors are black and gold because of the Steelers. All right, all right. Interesting. Okay. I mean, you, you <laughs> might, you might, you might be right. You might be right. I'm not saying you're wrong. I have seen him wear it before, but I'm not saying you're wrong. And then I just at the finish, I was like, okay, I can't believe that he hit Samoa Joe with an F5. That was fucking good. I loved it. Because there were people saying, oh, maybe it's Lesnar. And I'm like, no fucking way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, come on. Like, you know what? It's Brock Lesnar. So a couple okay. things I did like about the end, and then I'll get to a couple things that Edwards wrote in a group text. Yeah, Brock Lesnar's going to trash his relationship with fucking Endeavor when, yeah. when it comes to the UFC and fucking WWE to go to Tony Khan. Yeah, okay. Come on. Dude, um, Brock Lesnar probably doesn't even know what the fuck AEW is. Let's be honest. <laughs> And so, if he does, he's probably laughing at them. Like, come on. I Get love, your head out of the fucking ass. I loved MJF's reaction to all this when he looks up and sees Cole in the chair. It's like He did sell it good, bro. You know, he Cole like, is like You know, he sell he sold it as he was like genuinely hurt. Yeah. And did. I give him credit for that. I, I like how Cole is sitting there with the long hair down looking like Judas just being portrayed Jesus, even though MJF is a Jew. Um, I know I'm getting into like real, real, real deep shit here, but I love how MJF is like, how could you do this to me? I threw it all away for you. I let basically saying I let my guard down. I threw away. No, I did. I mean, let, let's be real. Part, part of this story was he got hurt taking a tag match to defend ROH titles for Cole. And, and but that but see that all made me know it was Cole that whole ROH title thing all that shit yeah um let me get into uh, and then I liked when I said Wardlow but, but you know what can I bring up a point though and I and I again shout out Hollywood on this one he brought up a great point why the fuck is Tony Khan sanctioning a title match with guys he doesn't supposedly doesn't know who they are. Where's so what's going to happen now? Taven and Bennett are going to come out with the ROH titles when they yeah. don't even know who the fuck they were when they won them? Yeah. 
And it's, it's all stupid. Because Tony Khan is not booked as an authority figure, even though he really is. And when they go, oh, Tony Khan. How, how, how about all the all the rumors that it was Tony because his, his like, wish of his whole life was to be the wrestling, wrestling heel god or something? Oh, man. I honestly, I honestly might like that just because I want to see Tony Khan go through a table. Yeah, but dude, have you ever watched him on TV? Oh, he's so fucking. He can't awesome. do it. He's he's coked up half the time. Bro, I watched, I watched, I watched a video today. That's it what was it was back. It was back SmackDown probably early two thousands ninety nine something like that. It, the Rock, DX is in the ring with with Shane and Vince, and. A, the Rock brings back Stone Cold and he drops the fucking the brick from the crane and it blows up the DX Express. Yeah. Remember that, dude? You watch Vince in the ring; he sells that like n- nobody's fucking business. Yeah. His without saying a word, it's his expression, his That's demeanor. Do you think Tony Khan could ever fucking pull that off? Have Look. any of you retards watched him on TV? That's what his happened. eyes are bugging out of his head. He can't even do a media scrum, dude. Remember when Punk was like calling? He's calling Adam Cole or Adam Page a fucking empty-headed dipshit. He's going up one side and down the other of all his EVPs, and he's just sitting there with his hair popped out and his fucking eyes bugging out of his head, shaking his head yes, then trying not to shake his head yes. No, I mean no idea what to say. You're telling me that guy is going to go on TV and play a character? In what fucking world? That's what happens when you grow up sitting behind a computer on wrestling message boards. You're a Nepo baby with no social interaction. Yeah, I know. I get it, bro. Um, I, I thought to myself, man, why does Wardlow fit in with this? And then when they fed him Wardlow after Roddy gives him the knee... And they feed him to Wardlow, and Wardlow looks up at the heavens and screams, and he goes, finally! And he power bombs. I'm like, okay, Wardlow's in. I'm in. You know, Wardlow sold it for me. A um, couple of things. Edward well, J- Wardlow was the last guy to beat him before Joe, wasn't it? I think. Yep. I think yeah. Yep. Uh, shout, uh, shout out to Jeff Edwards here, because Edwards goes, good within the realm of AEW, bad for pe- bringing people to the table to watch. Bad because everyone in the group will be booked to lose except for Cole. This does nothing really for AEW. He goes, also, he's not wrong. Also, he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong at all. Also, I get it. The group beat up MJ up to soften him up for Joe. But why not have Cole turn for the finish? I hate that part of it. Yeah. Cole should have. Right, you know, right. It was a clean finish and he turned after the finish. It was a clean finish. And yeah, then they, but they gave you. But, you hear, but here's the thing. This is where this is where they try to be like, ha ha, we got you. Cole wasted his time finding the ring. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I guess, but eh, that was kind of lame. Um, Edwards later wrote, "Or you know what? I'm gonna quote Little Joe. Stupid." <laughs> um, Edwards writes, he goes, "So the more I think about this, White, the more I hate the story." What exactly the fuck does Adam Cole get from doing this? He betrays Max, turns on him, turns him into a good guy, and screws him. For what? Bully Ray started an, a quote-unquote MC and TNA under masks to win the fucking title. That's why he did it. Right, what? and with, Joe, with MJF losing the title, it doesn't make sense. He the goes, fact that MJF lost the title ruins the whole point. 
What the fuck does Cole get from this? Nothing. Right. He, dude, that's the problem. It, yeah, Edwards. Edwards. Thank you. Because here's the issue now. They're just going to feud with each other over nothing, over hurt feelings. And Joe's going to have the title to go wrestle who? It's the same thing with – dude, we just had this conversation with Swerve. Who is the baby face that's going to challenge Joe for the title? Why MJF and Cole get over their bullshit that is now a blood feud, which I have no problem with blood feuds. But the, but the point of that whole thing would be the logic behind it would be I'm Adam Cole. I lost or I had a time limit match with Max. Right, they had a time limit, didn't they? I thought they did. Something like that. Then they, uh, 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 he lost the match at Wembley. The the logic behind him becoming the devil would be to get the fucking title. Joe has the title. Um, he, he set somebody else up to win the title so then he could fight Max. Why? That's the dude, dude. Edwards hit it. This is, why, this is why we know he didn't write it. Because if he wrote it, MG, uh, Cole would be going for the fucking title. What should have happened is the whole ring fiasco happens. MJF wins. Cole goes to congratulate him. The lights go out. MJF's laid the fuck out. And all in the kingdom and, and all these guys are standing over him with Adam Cole. Like, I'm taking your fucking belt, scumbag. That's what should have happened. But what did they do? They put the fucking belt on Joe. And then... And here's what's probably going to happen. He he already said, read the, read the Tribune article. I may be injured. I might have these injuries. I might have to take time off. I might have that my contract. Da, 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 da. Dude, dude, could you could you imagine? It, imagine this. And I don't think this is true because I think he already re-signed. But maybe he didn't. Let's just say he didn't. Let's say Max didn't re-sign yet. And he leaves to go to WWE. And then... This story is left in the middle of the breeze. It, it means nothing. Or or let's say he's injured. He needs to take time off. What the fuck did they accomplish? You Now you have a million heels and no fucking baby faces. Who's your baby face? Who is your baby face challenger for Joe right now? Who is your baby face to go? Swerve is saying, give me the belt, right? What belt? What belt are you gonna win? What do you? Uh, the heels have all the belts, so the biggest heel in the company, who everybody cheers for, now wants to win all the belts held by heels. I I think that. And if and if you're an AEW apologist and you're saying like, well, no, no, well, nothing. The guy's a fucking moron. He doesn't get it. You're one hundred percent about everything you just said, and on top of all that, they now have to explain the relationship. Between this kingdom story, because they're probably going to call themselves the kingdom. Right, right. No, no, but they won't, though, bro. Because here's what they think. They think that the 700,000 people that watch their program knows that the original kingdom was Adam Cole, uh, Matt Taven, and and Mike Bennett. They, I guarantee you less than 300,000 of those people actually fucking know that. But there, There's probably more people listening to this show right now that just learn that by me saying it, then actually know it, that watch the fucking pay-per-view. My point is, they now have to explain what they said a week ago 
when they said Samoa Joe is now working with the devil. Now they have to explain the deal that Adam Cole and Samoa Joe cut with each other because if there's not something in it for Adam Cole down the line as far as the title shot, what fucking point is there, you know? Yeah, they, yeah, sure. you know pleasure, pleasure doing business with you. Yeah. That's what they're going to say. Pleasure doing business with you, and you'll so, never so fucking So what was the business? We're, you know, that, so this is, you know what? The more we talk, the more Edward's point makes sense to me. So what was the business deal? The business deal is you turn on Max so you can win the title, and we can fight Max. Um, <laughs> like, what, what the fuck is the deal? What the fuck is the deal? Joe, Joe got the best part of the deal? This Wednesday, they're in Newark. I bet you, because it's typical pro wrestling fucking Tony Khan booking, because oh, WWE wow. do this all the time. I bet you Dude, we don't so even see Cole. Bad, I bet you we don't see Adam Cole. We won't see Samoa Joe. We won't see this kingdom. We won't see MJF. They will sweep it under the rug and tr- and say, oh, you got to wait till Saturday on Collision. I, you know what? When, when, we, when, we, when, we, when we finish up, I'm going to go watch the scrum. Because I want to hear what these fucking idiots say oh, on the screen. I watched the first few things about Samoa Joe because Samoa Joe's on it first. Um, he's they they ask him shoot questions about who he oh who you want to face now. This is four different people from Fightful. Ask Hi me. Tony, great show. Yeah, pretty much. And it's I'll face anybody. You can name guys all you want to, but I'll fucking face anybody. And then they ask oh. him about the the belt, and he's like. Do you really think I'm going to keep this piece of shit around them? This is going in the garbage. Talking about the triple B, you know, this is going in the garbage. We're going to get. Yeah, yeah, we're going to. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, they're going to change the color. It's going to. He's going to have the different color belt like they always fucking do. Yeah, I get it. You know, this, this. Listen, listen, everybody out there, please, that you listen to this show, let's tweet this fucking cokehead idiot. Get us. I'll. I. I'll pay. I'll pay for our travel. White could come. Hollywood, White House. I'll pay for our travel. I'll pay for our hotel. I'll pay for our tickets. Get us in the scrum. Get us in the scrum. Because these pussies, media, loser, dirt shit morons. Hey, great show, Tony. <laughs> Look what happened. Oh, Copeland. You know, you know what I mean? Hey, Tony, uh, how do you feel the fact that uh, Copeland threw Nick Wayne on his head and he's on his way to the hospital right now. They had to carry him out of the arena. How do you feel about that, Tony? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's why you'll, they'll never let us in. If if they let us in, the security will drag us out in five seconds. You know, I, I don't give a fuck. I mean, hey, Tony, so uh, Hollywood over here wants to know why. How does it make sense that Adam Cole helped Samoa Joe win the title that he turned on MJF to win? Uh, can you explain that one to me, please? Uh, Mr. Master Booker from your fucking parents' playroom. Um, couple things here before we get going. Um, oh, we've been going, bro. <laughs> um, was it Matt Jackson's wife who was in charge of the merchandise? <laughs> you, you've been to AEW shows, correct? Yeah. Uh, was, was the merch a disaster? <laughs> Sorry. Yes, absolutely. All right, so I've told told this. No, I've told this story before. All the AEW shows I've been to, the only things that were really available mostly were AEW merch, like the the hats with the AEW logo, sweatshirts, T-shirts with the AEW logo. Uh, Not a lot or any of talent merch. 
And then this is the best one, the ROH show. They had just your uh, generic ROH t-shirts. And they had an event shirt, which was Briscoe's versus FTR2. So Jigsaw and us, now mind you, we got there before the fucking show started. We walked up to the, the they only had one uh, merch stand at this place in Lowell. We walk up and we're like, yeah, we want to buy, you know, a couple of t-shirts. They're like, oh yeah, we got smalls and three X's. Really? That That's all you have? It's The show doesn't start for 20 minutes. You, 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 all you have is smalls and three X's. I was like, so we're either supposed to put it on our leg or swim in the fucking thing. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Dude, we couldn't even buy a shirt. We were trying to spend money and they couldn't take our money because they didn't have the product to take our fucking money. And it was uh, like, hey, dude, dude, the line, everybody's walking up. Hey, I like shirt. Uh, smaller three X. Uh, okay. Uh, I can't wear any of that. Uh, let out. They they probably lost fucking ten grand in merch just on that one show. And I'm like, you know what? It's the second R rate show. They don't have the merch yet. You you you've been R. You were at regular R rate shows before. I've been to uh, the last Ring of Honor show I went to was when they used to run a soccer indoor soccer stadium in, um. Manassas, Virginia, and right. Necro Butcher was on the card. Okay. And Brian, oh, oh, yes. and Brian Danielson was on the card. All right, so that was a long time ago. All right, so but anyway, but so they had, merch. they had a lot of fun. Oh, dude, that 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 was gonna be my point. When I went to Coney Island, all the times we went to Lowell, all the times we went to twenty three hundred Hammerstein, I, I, we, I, they I, would have a big merch stands like Jay Lethal shirts, Briscoe shirts. Um, you know, who Larry Sweet, yeah, dude, any any sure of any any person you wanted, DVDs like you wouldn't believe, title belts, hats, you know, ROH stuff, ROH winter hats, all that stuff, and then they would have all the guy, all the town lined up, dude. I Coney Island, me and Jazz, we got uh, Okada because uh, Jew Japan guys were there. We met Okada, we met uh, Nakamura, you know, we saw the Bucks that day, we saw obviously always. Kevin and Bennett, we always see because we know him. So we're fucking. When I went to twenty three hundred, dude, ask names in, in in Hollywood. We walk in the thing, they're all lined up. I just walked over, fucking go over and say hello to Matt Taven. dude. I, I'm not saying AEW needs to be that because those those are smaller shows. But how do you not have merch? How do you not have uh, hats and shirts and uh, you know when when the scissor? How do you not have the scissor foam things? You know all that shit. All that shit should be. Why do people have to order it online to bring it to the fucking show? You should be able to fucking buy it there, dude. How many WWE shows you've been to? They have fucking merch stands all over it, all over the place, all over keychains and coffee cups and fucking every fucking thing you think of. Underwear, hats, sweatshirts, t-shirts, title belts. You, you could change your whole fucking wardrobe. They have sweatpants. You know, anything you can think of, stickers and all this crap, do fucking merch up their ass. AEW show, eh, you want an AEW hat? Are you, what the fuck? Did she do her job? What, what the fuck was her job? My problem is not with the job that she did or did not do. Hold on. Ah, my water jug just tipped over. Okay, and maybe it's not her. 
But whoever was in charge of that is not doing it right. No, no. And, how- if, and if it's an eagle, if, if it's an eagle thing where they think, oh, it's better just to do it online, online, they're wrong. You have to have like the happy medium, no? You're total. You're you're totally missing my point. You went off on that tangent without missing my with, with missing my point. So you probably did not hear what Meltzer had to say about the reason why she left the company. Yeah, because he's full of shit. I did hear why he said what okay. he said. You're telling me she, the, he, she left the company because they didn't protect them and uh, they and they 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 didn't get a chance to defend themselves and all this other bull. That's bullshit. Okay, here's my main thing about this. I'm rolling down the car or I'm rolling down the road, heading to the movie theater to watch Darren Claw because I'm like, okay, it's an art house the- type movie. I want to go see it in an art house theater. So I went to an Alamo draft house, love Alamo draft house. Um, but I'm listening to him going, you know, uh, 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 so, 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 uh, the reason why she left basically is because they were unable to defend themselves after the punk incident. Yeah. Yeah. I heard, I, cause I and heard corner, corner, they read it. And I'm like, you motherfucker. Not everything going wrong with this company stems from that fucking incident. Of course they got, not. They got rid of her because they, they have a new guy come in to replace Kelvin Sullivan. They've had new people come in that are different than the day one people. And I'm sitting here going, you got fired because you were shit at your job. Yeah, that's my point. <laughs> that's what That was my point with all that. You go to shows, there's no merch to buy. Did she she didn't know what the fuck she was doing. Let's say for the sake of argument that she actually feels that, you know, okay, maybe she feels this way. She was the chief marketing officer. Uh, what the on, fuck hold, else was she supposed hold to do? On. Hold on. Here's my point. They weren't able to defend themselves because they signed the NDAs. They weren't able to defend themselves, but they still have a fucking job there. Well, let me ask you a question. Who went into whose locker room? Exactly. That's my point. They went into, and you know, it all came out on this whole thing of, well, the only one, and this goes back to the Jericho deal, about how the only person that did not sign an NDA, which I'm shocked that they didn't get her. Was uh, Steele's wife. Steele's wife. So at this point, if you're listening to this, a Steele's wife, I'm sure you're very lovely. I'm sure you're a very lovely lady. You're lucky to be married to a guy like A. Steele, probably. Please, please come out, whether it be on X. Yeah, blow them up. Blow these motherfuckers up. Blow these motherfuckers up. Because you're the only one now that can do it legally. So. But it all, but with Meltzer, it all goes back to punk. And any time now, any time now. And it all. So, so did you, did you hear? I I was, I, I started the, um, Last in, uh, um, well, so on the Cornette experience, they did the, they have three part series. It's all the punk stuff from yeah. the last couple of years. It's like 15, 15 hours. So yeah. I started it and there was one uh, section I heard today. They were talking about, uh, I forget whose book or documentary punk was talking about. And they were talking about Coco Beware and somebody else having a fight. And the next day, they brought them both into the office. They hashed it out, and the whole thing was squashed. Yep. And and Punk put that on his Instagram. 
after that situation happened and last brought it up as like now mind you this was context wise live time like i listened to it the other day but they're they mashed together all these right conversations they had about punk they put them all together in in order so i listened to that and i'm like yeah he's i i i hadn't heard that before he's trying to tell you something there like saying like yeah you know what i was a dick i went out and said you know fuck these evps and hangman page is an empty-headed dipshit they got pissed off they came into my locker room we had a fight but let's get in a room two days later and hash it out and be men about it and move on. And he was basically saying that never happened. So what the fuck is she complaining about? What why did why did it the EVPs, her husband and her and her brother-in-law, and and uh the Golden Fleece Omega, why did they say to Tony, let's get in a room and hash this out? They, they didn't do that. And and everything I've heard from Punk, and, and they, listen, this is me. You guys have been listening to me for years. I fucking hate punk. Not anymore. I hated punk. I don't even hate punk anymore. Whatever the case may be. But let's be honest. Punk is many times in the very few, very few situations he's brought this up, has basically said, like, let's get in a room and hash it out. And And these motherfuckers complain, but they never go to the table. They never come to the table. And now they know that the only way they can really save face is to go ahead and disappear because the right did, you, after, did you see Matt Jackson's Instagram post about her leaving? I don't follow them on Instagram. I, I, on her, on well, I, I, I honestly, I only la- I last read it on that show that I listened to. That's the only way I know about it. He, he he was like, "You oversaw our empire," and dude, Corny just starts fucking dying laughing. He's like, yeah. "Our fucking empire, <laughs> dude, dude." And this is and and listen, there is nothing wrong. With how they got to where they where they are, and 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 I get that she was a part of that, and, and I get they built that on their own, and that's that's the part about them. I, this is where you and I differ. That part about them I love when they were the indie guys, the New Japan, the ROH guys, and their wives were packaging T-shirts and shipping them out, and they were building their own brands on their own. And they were those guys. And they weren't overexposed on TV and all that stuff. I, I respect and get all that. The problem is when they they found their golden goose, Tony Khan, latched onto him and became like these entitled fucking pussies. I don't I just I don't even know how that works. Like it doesn't even make sense to me. I told you from the very beginning. It was going to be a bunch of kids playing in the fucking treehouse. And that's what it became. It you, became- ended, you ended up being right. Here, here, but that's my point. And I, and I don't begrudge you that. And you, I've admitted that to you. You ended up being right. You're right about Con being the money mark. You're right about the Bucks and Kenny and all these guys latching on and being assholes. I agree. My only, my only difference is, is you trashed them before all that. Yep. My point is... When they were doing that, that I I separate those two things. I can't because even when they were doing the indies and doing the stuff, every time they got another in, notch in their belt, like okay, now we're going into hot topic, and now they're doing this. Now, the way they presented themselves in interviews about it and shoot interviews about it, 
they had that entitled attitude. Like, yeah, man, fans are just going to buy our shit no matter what we do in the ring, no matter what we do. The, we are we are the young bucks, so the fans are automatically going to just eat what we Yeah, but I, I, you, know what, you know what, though? At, at that time, I don't begrudge them. Here, here's the problem, and here's the disconnect. They acted like snot-nosed little. No, but but oh. they but they could have went to WWE or, or WWEs. I'm sorry, to AEW. And and I think that's where the disconnect with them and Cody happened. Is Cody kind of knew what he was getting into, being on TV every week, and, and and I don't think Cody handled it the best either with some of his own booking. Uh, why he ever agreed to that stupid fucking stipulation was I, I'll never understand. There were a million ways they could have gotten out of that. But right, 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 right. But it's never, it never should have happened. But the, the point, the was, point being, it was because they wanted to be. We wanted to be unlike WWE, who never holds up stipulations. It's fucking pro wrestling. No, 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 no. That's that's yeah. not even my point though. My point being is they all came into it, Kenny, Cody, Bucks, and they decided like. We're not going to win titles early, and we're going to put all these other guys over because we're not going to let you internet fan Mark say that we just got to this company to put ourselves over. And I and I think the problem with that is I think in the beginning, a lot of people, people tuned in. But hold on. A lot of people tuned in to watch them put themselves over, put themselves over, and they didn't fucking do it. And that was the mistake early on. And then once they course corrected – the Bucks were already, I, I don't even know, on another fucking planet. Kenny saved himself. Cody fell off a cliff. Then you had the Arthur Ashe, like I brought up earlier. He ends up leaving. I, you know what? I don't know, man. I, I, Here's I, don't want to, I don't want to totally kill them because I do, I do feel like uh, you got to give them some credit for them getting themselves over when they needed to back in the day. But the problem is what, what this, they've done well, the last three, four years, you can't defend it. That's the problem. I said this all along. Where it went wrong for me was that one Ring of Honor show where I finally got – because I saw the Young Bucks very early on in their career. They weren't like they are now. And they aren't like they are. Well, oh, they were re- they were always cool to me and Jazz. And I'll tell you this right yeah. now: fucking White House could tell you stories of them bringing his kids in the fucking ring and all that shit. So, yeah. okay, but there, there's there's a lot of sides to this. They're they're they're. Then I watch an ROH show with them on there, and every time they throw a super kick, Steve Carino was yelling out "super kick." Yeah, yeah. super kick. And then they start doing this thing where they're hopping on one leg and barely tapping the guy over and over and over. And Steve Crane is going super kick, super kick, super kick. I'm like, what the fuck? That's where, and that was before Cornette started ragging on them. That was before anybody else started ragging on them. I was one of the first on the internet to go, fuck that. That's not pro wrestling. That's not what pro wrestling should be. That's never what pro wrestling was supposed to be. That's never what pro wrestling should be. You've made a mockery out of, you know, you've turned the super kick into a DDT. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and you know, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And they go into New Japan and they do the two sweet shit. And it's like a knockoff NWO and I fucking can't stand it. And then they go and do the, the AEW deal. And guess what? I said it before. I stand by it now. 
You're, and I stand by what Cornette says. A long time ago, it works for 800 people in a rec center, but it's not going to work for the rest of the world that has yeah. never yeah. seen or heard of you. Nobody yeah. knows or gives a shit what goes on in New Japan. You know, you know what's funny? Oh. I never knew that he had the meetings with Khan prior. Yeah, I told you about that. I they, they he made a year before AEW was launched. Yeah, yeah, he had the meeting, and he and was like rolling his eyes then. And guess what? He yeah. may sign an NDA, but the gist of that meeting, from what he has said, quote unquote, in a sly way about that meeting, he yeah, he's him, he's he, hiding yeah. bucks and Kenny Omega. You're shooting yourself in the foot. He was right then. He's right now. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing with you about that. Yes, good big deal. You sold yourself a thousand fucking t-shirts by acting like NWO light. You sold your. You got yourself in hot topic. Well, but I, but I, but I also think NWO that. Light. But I also I I also think, and this is not to take anything away from them from that time, but I also think it was like. They were like. We're gonna sell ourselves. No, well, they're not. They weren't overexposed. They were like anti, anti mainstream, anti establishment. You know, yeah, not overexposed. You just saw them in those big matches, so you didn't see them that often. So it was really cool, and there wasn't a lot of story behind it. There didn't really have to be, and you're, and you're like, oh. so. And, and but once once you saw them on TV every week, all of that went away. It's like this, okay. When you see a crowd, you're from the Northeast and you're old enough to probably remember what this is or was. You go see a band at CBGB's, a rock and roll band, and they're cool. Mm -hmm. But then you go and see them, they finally make it on MTV and they don't play any of the CBGB songs. They have a totally different sound, they have a totally different attitude. Fuck you, we're better than you, blah, blah, blah. But for some reason, those original CBGB crowds still fucking watch you. And I, I just don't get it. I just you know, don't. You know, you, know, you know, it's funny. It's funny you bring that up because I was at I was at Morgan Wallen at um, uh, Fenway this summer and Hardy opened for him. And Hardy was through his show. <laughs> he got was, shat on by the WWE crowd. <laughs> Yeah, what I, that's I mean, I get that. Like WWE fans don't want a concert. I get that. But he was talking about how back in the day he used to go to these smaller venues in Boston and play these songs. And half of his performance at Fenway were that old school shit that if you saw him back in the day, you know, you'd know it or you wouldn't type of you know what I mean? And I was like, I always, I thought that was really cool because I was like yeah, this motherfucker just went back to his roots. Like, yeah, I was a songwriter and just played small clubs, but you know what? I'm opening for Morgan Wallen, so yeah, I'm gonna give you my mainstream shit, but I'm also gonna give you my old school shit. You know what I mean? And it also reminds me of when, um, Shooter Jennings. You know who Shooter Jennings is? Waylon Jennings' son. Very first starting out, and he had that one hit. I can't remember. Something about the Fourth of July was. Fucking proper thing or a lyric in the song, so he goes to this country music festival called Country Fest that the local country station in Richmond, Virginia, used to put on every year. It was a free show. You could go. They had these ticket stops, and you lined up. You got the free tickets, and then the day of the show, bam, you're in for free. Um, Alabama was on their farewell tour, <laughs> and they played with Shooter Jennings that year. 
Shooter Jennings is playing these songs, these old school outlaw country songs, like what a Shooter Jennings or Hank Williams Jr. would play. Mm-hmm. Fucking crowd hates it. Doesn't <laughs> sound. They do the light little golf clap after every song. And shoot, they, they didn't get it. And Shooter Jennings is pissed. You can see him after, between every song. He's going, he has a bottle of Budweiser on, the, on, an, amp, on an amp. He's chugging the bottle of fucking Budweiser in between every song because he's pissed. He just wants to get drunk and have this be over with. Finally, he plays the song that everybody knows. Everybody gets up. Yay! And, and you know what his response was at the end? Yeah, I knew you'd fucking like that one. And he walked off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's like the same crowd. But here's the gimmick. If you had followed, if you had followed, you know, Shooter Jennings when he was growing up, you would have, you would have liked all those songs. Coming up, you would have liked all those songs and would have heard them before. Now, yeah. granted, Shooter Jennings back when he first started, YouTube wasn't a fucking thing, social media wasn't a thing, and that's half the young bucks' problem. Social media is a thing, but again, it works for those ten thousand followers you have. It works for the 800 people in the rec center. Well, you know what we'll do? Last, last, last see- said it the other day. The, 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 they ended being the elite because the fucking viewership was down. Tanking. Tanking. Because nobody cared anymore. Because also- they already pulled back the curtain so much. Not it became that. goofy and stupid. It was the same thing over and over. Nobody cared anymore. Dude, it was... All- Listen... They, sh- they dude, I, like I said earlier, when I was in Lowell, when Cody won the fucking the title, we went to the TV taping the next day where they had like the Cody won the title party. The young bucks were in the ring with the fucking cell phone shooting a video for fucking being the elite. You know, we were on not not that you could see us, but we were there. They they did that show. They they shot a video when AEW was first announced. Um, Cody and Hangman came to Waterbury for NEW. They shot video there that they put on Being the Elite. That's when everybody, like, it, it was like a promotional thing. The problem is, what these retards didn't think was, you're on TV every week now. You don't need to do that anymore. That was cool when you were, like, wrestling, like, every other month for New Japan and ROH. But now they're on TV every week. We don't need this Being the Elite. Also, the one thing that I got wrong was I said this was going to be like, because I could not stand being the elite. I could not stand the stupid little storylines and the elite, the elite, all that shit. Listen, I, I, made, I know oh, someone who oh. made a lot of money off that show. Oh, I, I know people do make, they made a lot of money off of it and got their stupid YouTube play buttons that they probably wear around their dicks and all this shit. I don't care. No, 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 I'm not talking about YouTube. Just got the, because he was on there with them. He started selling more merch and everything else. Yeah, but my, at, at, at the time where it was at its height, pri- prior to AEW. My point is, is that they thought, and or I thought, this is one of the things I got wrong. And I'm sure a bunch of their fans thought the same thing. We're going to see this all tie in together. The AEW storylines will fit with the BTE storylines, but it did not happen. They would plug that first year, if you remember, they would put up on the lower third. Catch being the elite on YouTube every Monday. Okay? Then it stopped. They would then do shit on being the elite with the dork order and everybody else like that. Brody King <laughs> the, on there. That's the, where the, the whole Brody King throwing the paper. Yeah. That's yeah, the so. whole <laughs> the dork order. Yeah, aren't they aren't the dork aren't the dark order trying to bring that back? I think they are. I think they are. But anyway. 
that's where the whole bird they did shit with Brody King that was awesome on being the elite. Brody King throwing the papers and get out of here and all this. Never made it to AEW show. They never showed clips of it. I firmly believe that the young that the young bucks lost most of their audience too, and people started turning on them when the being the elite, the fans hanging out in the treehouse shit didn't translate over to AEW because Tony Khan can't believe I'm saying this. Tony Khan knew that it would not translate well to TV and people would think it was fucking stupid. Yeah. You know, you know, I think they should have pushed that all access better, uh, to be honest, because I think that was something that might have caught on. I, I, if they had done it more, I don't know, because people like that turning back the curtain. But you know what? Let's move on quick. Uh, Andre, uh, one more thing here before we. Uh, no, I thought you wanted to go to WWE. I thought you had something about WWE. Um, I was just going to talk about the Kevin Dunn thing, man. That's that's huge. That's huge news because the way that tr- that program is shot, yeah, uh, the way that program is produced. So, so what do you, you think that? So, according, think it was a financial thing. Let me, uh, let me, since I have this up first, let me say this: Tony Khan announced during the press scrum that him and Andrade had not reached a deal for a, a new deal, and that he would be leaving at the end of the year. <laughs> is absolutely so, so that so so we'll, we'll have him have a match with Nero, then we'll have his wife turn on him, and then we're gonna get rid of him. Okay. Um, par par for the course is all I'm gonna say. According to PW Insider, like I texted you guys, we are told a big factor in his decision to retire from the company. This is the Kevin Dunn. Yes, is uh change is changes made internally post Endeavor acquisition. As one source stated, Dunn was never going to do anything that was dictated to him. As opposed to how he personally oversaw production in the past year. We are told this is not an issue of creative, but two different versions of how things should be run from a TV production standpoint. As WWE's new owner seeks to lower and cut costs. So I I think that... Well, he was making a shit ton of money. Right. He just sold a bunch of stock a couple of months ago. So, yeah, he's making a ton of money. But my point is, the fact that they say he was never going to do anything that he was dictated to do tells me that him and Endeavor weren't getting along. He didn't yeah. want to have, He did not want to have a boss that last name was not McMahon. Yeah, yeah, I think you're on to something there. So, that's the whole thing. I mean, with- I, I got to be I got to be honest, I don't really know enough about this to comment too much, but it, I think I think that's what it was. I think he it was him and Vince for so long. He this probably whole, makes a lot of money. Endeavor's probably like I could bring in another. It, this, I, you know what? This may be good. This may be bad. We we don't know. I, I made the McMahon comment, but then this article goes on to say Dunn's exit is not so much shocking as it has often been whispered over the years that he never intended to work for anyone other than Vince McMahon and WWE. And the okay. power has greatly waned since the company was acquired by Endeavor. Um, yeah, but Vince is Vince even doing anything now? I don't think he's doing anything with them. He's a figurehead, pretty much. Y- yeah, yeah, still well, his departure. Yeah, 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 he owns a lot of stock. <laughs> his his departure has massive ramifications. Has done more than anyone, not name it, Mayor Levesque. Was Triple there- H. Triple H is running the day to day, right? Yeah, it says uh, he was very much responsible for the vibe and feel of production 
of the WWE product over the last several decades. So this shit of hey, maybe you could get maybe you get your boy from CWE in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who Grant? Nah, Grant. Grant's out there. I, I, I'm joking. I'm joking. Grant's out there shooting college football and shit. He ain't one good, good for him. Yeah. Um. He got the, mad. He got mad at me that one time. Remember? I was like, I wasn't even trying to be a dick. I was just being, you know. But I think that. We're going to see this crap. They did, they did a nice job, though. Okay. Every time WWE, like, let's say you get, like, a three-on-one beatdown. Like, let's say Zoe Stark and Trish Stratus were going to beat down Becky Lynch. You would have these constant camera cuts. And it would make you fucking sick. Like, it would give you narcoleptic seizures. I think that was a Kevin Dunn thing. Yeah. And, I mean, so I think now that you're going to see less of that, you may actually see a well, change. Remember, remember when they did that NXT show in Japan and they allowed the streamers? Everybody's like, I can't believe Kevin Dunn allowed that to happen. Remember uh, that? Like, um, there's a video out there, if you ever watch it, of the old NXT show when they used to do the judges or the, the contestants would have like a mentor and they would do like stupid little crap like – it was the season that never ended where Goldust got married during one season of NXT. <laughs> Video out there of a production quality video of that where you're hearing the production truck. You're hearing Kevin Dunn. And you ought to hear this guy's mouth during this shit. And you also ought to hear how he laughs at all the stupid shit that Vince McMahon would laugh at. <laughs> There, so, were two pe- there were two peas in a pod. That's why yeah, it worked, though. I mean, That's why it worked. So I think, you know, I, I said, I've said it before, that the business will never get better until Vince McMahon steps away and Kevin Dunn steps away. Now both of them are pretty much gone. Yep. I'm wondering who they get to take Kevin Dunn's place, whether, you know. Do well, not- I mean, they probably have somebody in mind, though. Here's the thing. Do not get anybody from the UFC because people from the UFC don't know how to shoot pro wrestling, and pro wrestling people don't know how to shoot UFC. It's too yeah, op- but I, yeah, but I don't. Do you think that's what's going to happen? I don't know that. Here's the thing: you don't think you don't think there's some producer that Triple H brought up through NXT he might want to use or something. He might, but he might. There might be a director. Um, yeah, but everybody that they've shit can like different departments and stuff like uh. The graphics department at WWE, most of them got axed because it's like, hey, we already got a graphics department from UFC, and they were part of our company before you were, so we're going to use them and not you. I'm kind of hoping that this isn't a situation like that. I don't think it is. That happened? Um, yeah, like a lot of people in Stanford, in the home office in Stanford, got let go over this past year, ever since the merger was announced. Because mm, it's like graphics, marketing. Um, right. Well, they tied it all together with that TKO, right? And they used the UFC people and not the WWE people because okay. it's a cost cutting measure. Why are you going to have two departments for marketing? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I've had these conversations recently with other people about smaller businesses, like changeovers, but they paid $9 billion. And I could tell you when they paid whatever the fuck, $4 billion they paid for the UFC. You know, a lot of those Legends contracts and all the other shit, they got rid of all that. Like, you know, Chuck Liddell and Matt Hughes and those guys all have these Legends contracts, and they're like, 
yeah, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. You know what I mean? But you know what? When somebody pays billions of dollars for something, you know, you, you kind of, you know what I mean? Like, they, you know, they, they didn't pay that to lose money, you know? So then you, then you got the Kung Lee lawsuit that's about to cost them out the ass unless they settle. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, that's going to be. That's going to be a big fight for a long time. There, there's, they have judges on their side and other judges not on their side. And that's, it's very complex, that whole thing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, and I mean, and, and, and they're not, they're not backing down to fighting that either. So I, I almost, I almost think they want to like wait them out. They, Triple H has hinted at a major surprise for Raw Day One. Yeah, did you see that? I, yeah. I, um, I, former I, WWE champion. I think they re-signed Ziggler. You want to know what's funny? I almost felt like he was promoting but trolling Khan at the same time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Huge announcement. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's the way I took it. Um. All right. Before we get out of here, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I got a review from my daughter who saw it and loved it. Uh, she brought up some historical inaccuracies. She also thought it was the best movie she saw a year. Uh, your thoughts? It is the best movie I've seen. Don't, don't do any like spoilers, but you know, give your thoughts. It is the best movie I've seen all year. Zach Efron is jacked to the gills you could so tell this well, guy i mean he's been jacked for a lot of movies lately but i get it well go watch him as ted bundy and then watch him as this it's okay. nice. um which which von eric did he play he played kevin okay yeah that's right because and it's very much told from oh let me ask you this were you okay with who played flair no not at okay all. all right so J- you're you're okay. literally on point of my door my jazz said my two biggest problems with the movie is they left one brother out and they yep. the guy who played fair didn't look like flair he didn't look like flair at all i'll put it to you this way they, they he does the promo of before the von erics of oh it's a daddy's boy and the, the guy's part is right the the blonde hair is parted right down the middle he tries to do like the flair lispy minnesota accent but can't do it he can't strut like rick flair yeah at the at the end of the match, do, do you think it was the wrong guy, or is it that just hard to recreate? Both. Okay. Fair. Both. All right. Fair. Um, I don't think Flair was like this. You no, know, it's 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 hilarious to me that you both had the same two gripes. Um. At, well, see, I didn't know I didn't know that your daughter was knew the story of the Von Erich family and how big they were because that's another thing. Okay. Oh, all right. So let me. Uh, so I'm gonna give you this background. To be fair, she went to the movie not knowing as much because. All right. So when she was little, and we did the wrestling thing, and we did the documentaries and everything, uh, the Von Erich story wasn't on the menu, so to speak, because the tragedy, the whole thing, and then. You know, uh, a couple of years ago when the dark, um, dark side of the ring one came out, she was already out of kind of out of wrestling a little bit. Yeah. So, she, so here's what happened. She oh, went here's, to see. She, here's here's what she needs to watch. Well, 
Well, hold, hold on. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, all, what I was going to say was she went to see the movie and then realized what she was watching and then went back and watched all those documentaries after. See, the dark side of the ring doesn't really do it justice. There's a documentary out there. Yeah. Have not watched it called Heroes of World Class. Mm-hmm. It was independently shot. It looks like crap, but it's very good. I mean, mm-hmm. this is like when they were tearing down the sportatorium. This shows you how old the documentary is. The guy making the documentary, him and Kevin Von Eric kind of break into the. Sport- is that one on YouTube? Yes, I'll send it to you right now. Actually, let me send it to you on uh, Messenger. Um. I got it. I got it. They interview a bunch a bunch of guys like Skandar Akbar before he passed. Gary Hart's in there. They cover the death of Brody. Um, they cover Chris Adams. They cover Gino Hernandez a lot. They they cover a lot of stuff. Here's what uh, the one brother that they left behind. I kind of get because they would have had to. Sp- it's a one. It's budget is the reason probably why they cut him out. Two is the length of the film. This yeah, film is yeah, yeah. three hours, but I don't think anybody would sit still for three hours for this. Mm-hmm. The youngest brother, I think Jack Jr., he gets electrocuted, I think, at like four or five, maybe six years old in the attic of their home. They include him in the movie. <laughs> Interesting. All right, I'm going to spoil this one part for you. Spoiler alert. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Should not be in the movie. And I kind of like, oh, really? We're doing that thing? After Carrie dies, they cut to this scene where Carrie is in a boat and he's going to a dock. And you see David and I think Chris. The one that had toxic shock syndrome, Chris, on this dock. And then you see a little boy. And it's like a heaven sequence, like an afterlife sequence. Mm-hmm. I'm like, did this really need to be in here? And he's sitting there going, hi. Oh, that, that's that's the Hollywood dramatics, right? Yeah. The, hi, how are you? And then he looks at the little brother and goes, I guess you're my younger brother. Nice to meet you. And the brother is still like four or five years old. And the the other younger brother does not have the toxic shock syndrome. But all you know about the little brother, the little baby brother, is you see a little picture of him. And they briefly mention that he's passed away. Mm. Interesting. You know, the other part about it is I think they could have gone into the other brother because part of the tragedy and part of the... I don't want to say a lore of it, but I will say a lore of it because you're making a mess of it. I, 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 get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Is the fact that, you know, he kind of had the same deal as all the other brothers. They couldn't measure up to what the father wanted. He had to take asthma medication, which stunted his growth, which made him less than in his father's eyes. And he couldn't live up to what the rest of his brothers were. He looked mm-hmm. like a little 13-year-old kid even in his 20s. So he went and killed himself. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible, but... If you're going to make a movie about it, it makes for a good story, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I hate to well, say... Well, Jazz, Jazz told me there were... She was like, multiple people walking out were sobbing. Oh, man. My wife cried. Okay. My wife cried. So my you're so you're, you guys are literally on the same page with all this, basically. Yeah. Um, 
Fritz is Fritz is really the bad guy of the movie. I'll say it like that. Fritz is the heel. Mm-hmm. Because all he's fucking worried about is when are we going to get our title shot? The whole his whole motivation is I want the NWA title in the Von Erich family. And again, I won't get into too much of it, but that's all he fucking worries about. Like when when David dies, the very next scene after the funeral is him sitting on the front porch. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go see it this week, but. Like his the very next scene is him sitting on the front porch going, All right, let's move on. Who gets the title shot? David was supposed to fight for the title. Which one of y'all wants it? And it really makes him out to be a, a really horrible sports like dad, you know, like mm-hmm. you know, he yeah. doesn't he he cares. And then you find out shit like that, like you're living through the eyes of your kids and yeah, yeah. like yeah. you find out shit that he was cooking the books and not really – and this is real life, folks. He was cooking the books and not paying his sons what the books said that he had paid them. Nah, that, yeah, that's Because bad. he wanted to control their finances because he wanted to keep them in Texas because he wanted to keep them under his control. Mm, yeah, control freak. Yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. Big time. But yeah. Carrie looks like Carrie. Kevin looks like Kevin. And they 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 said Efron was great in the movie. Efron is good in the movie. Um, I don't think it'll get any big Oscar nominations. Uh, Probably the, not. Yeah, I mean, it's wrestling, so. The girl who plays Pam, the girlfriend mm-hmm. in the movie, really good. The one who, um, Mara Turney, who plays. So o- overall, you'd recommend. I would recommend it, but do not go yeah. into it thinking that you're going to get a biography. Right, right. So that, so that's the thing that I want to portray here a little bit because I saw some shit on Facebook and I read a couple of things where people are going there not knowing the background and not knowing how tragic the story is and yeah. being surprised. They're going by in that. thinking it's going to be a wrestling movie with a happy ending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they got this the the most tragic story of wrestling ever, other than Chris Benoit, basically, or maybe she, yeah. tied with that or something. Did she did 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 your daughter mention anything about the pacing of the movie? Uh she didn't. So the first half of the movie flies by. After Kevin or pretty much after they show David Von Eric or Kevin Von Eric. Yeah, Kevin Von Eric. Getting married. Yeah. It's let's get out the death stick and leave no room for the audience to breathe. It's bam, bam, oh, bam, uh, bam, okay. bam. All right. So they, they beat you over the head with the it's, tragedy. Yes, it's like one dies, you get a quick scene, bam, another one dies. I, well, I think I think it was we, we mostly talked about it through text, and I think she was trying to you know let you know let me see it and you know you know what i mean so that's probably why but uh but most most of your takes are on point with what she was telling i I sat there going they got the deaths right how it happened they got it right that's that and that's the rough part right and, and they make it seem like one dies and then a month later, the other one dies. And then a month later, I'm like, no, it was years apart between deaths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think that's the problem with movies where you don't have that. Have you seen the infamous press conference where Kevin Von Erich is sitting there 
And I think it's I get the brothers' names mixed up. I get Chris and the one that got the shock, toxic shock syndrome. It's in that documentary. After the this, one you sent me. Yeah. Okay. After, the real press conference is in there, and I had to explain to my wife that it actually happened like that. The man pretty much turned into a vegetable after that toxic shock syndrome. He barely made it out alive. Jesus. And, like, you could see it in his eyes. His eyes are glazed over. The man, the lights are on, but no one's home. Mm-hmm. And the guy who plays that brother with the toxic shock syndrome does a really good job. Oh, everybody does a really good job except for the flair thing. And the yeah. flair thing kind of pissed me off because I don't know if flair was really like this, but after the, he has a match later He's on. He's kind in of the, a dick. He has a match later on in the movie with Kevin. It's the second time Kevin gets an NWA world title shot. And after the match, um, flair comes in, he's all bloody. And Kevin and Flair looks at him and goes, man, you Von Erics are tough sons of bitches. I'll give you a rematch any day you want to. And he's wooing and he immediately like it shows him going to it, like chugging a beer. And he goes to his locker and he goes, come on, where can we go to get fucked up around here? <laughs> and I'm like, I find it hard to believe Flair would use that kind of verbiage. But now knowing Flair like we do, I don't know. <laughs> I, I kind of Yeah, have, you, I you know what? I. You know what? I, I I think the wording is wrong, but I think the premise is correct. Yeah. It's like, where can we go to get fucked up around here? Yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. And, but yeah, for the most part, if I had to rate it on a scale of one to ten, solid eight. Okay. It gets a it, maybe a seven for the historical inaccuracies, but then again, it is a movie. It's still pretty good, though. It is good. It is good. And, and like I said... Um, so you, you're saying it's worth going to see? Yes, it's definitely worth going to the theaters to see. Am I surprised about the box office that it did? No, it only made five million its first weekend. Really? Yeah, it, I'm not really that hard up on that. You know, I, I don't think anybody really understands or knows the subject. You know what I mean? You don't. Um, I I think that MJF is in it, but he's not in it. You see him kind of in the match. As Waldo Von Eric fighting the Freebirds, and he's you can't hardly see his face. You see his body, and he's like dancing around, selling, being hurt, and mm-hmm. it's on screen for all of maybe 20 seconds. And that's it, has no lines. That's it, okay. Um, that, that's kind of like when 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 um Reigns was in uh Hobbs and Shaw movie, and he like basically did some fucking mana work cry and never fucking had a line in the whole movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely worth going to see. All right. I'm definitely going to go see it because I mean, not that I want to relive the tragedy, <laughs> but, <coughs> but obviously like our um, era, they do get into the part where, if you go and watch the documentary, the documentary really gets into Kevin Von Erich's death. Or not mm. David Von Erich's death. And the movie does too. The movie does portray it like they say in the documentary, like he went to Japan and just never came back. And they do show him like they're at Kevin's wedding. <coughs> and well he, he OD'd, didn't he? 
No, no, that's the that's the myth, and that's what the myth followed around. He died of what is called, and they go into that in the documentary. He died of acute enuritis. He had an infection in his intestines. His intestines ruptured, and he bled from the inside out, pretty much. Oh my god, that's even worse. Um, and that's the thing they show him. Dude, at, how how could one family have that much tragedy? And they go into that a lot. Which it's kind, just so heartbreaking. Dude, they kind of go into that in the movie. Like, there's a scene in the movie where they kind of talk about the curse, and they're at they're at uh, the middle kid's funeral. And after the funeral, Pam comes up to Kevin and she goes, are you coming home tonight? And he's like, he's all crying. And he's like, I don't know. <coughs> she hug him. And he's like, get away from me. I don't want it to spread to you or I don't want you to get it too. Jesus. Like, like he thinks it's a curse. Yeah. That, yeah that's crazy, bro. Um, yeah, it's a tearjerker, man. It definitely yeah. tearjerker, and it, it, you there is wrestling in it, but it does a good job of expanding these brothers and showing that. But it, but it also it also seems like it captures like how big of a tragedy, like how tragic this story oh, what, is. They do a the first part of that movie, the <clears throat> character building because in this movie, if you don't know anything going in, you have to build the fact that these. <coughs> Brothers were so connected and they loved one another so much. Right, they all right. lived in the same house until they all got married and moved out. And even then, I think they still lived on the same property as their father. Like that old school Southern family, you know. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yep. So crazy. It's it's very good. It's a very good movie. It's a tearjerker. I mean, I was kind of mad at the historical inaccuracies and the pacing. <laughs> And part of me wanted to shed a tear at the end of it, but I kind of already knew what was going to happen, you know? Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to spoil it for everybody else going, hey, they, they kind of all die in the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whole family dies except for, uh, you know, the, one guy. The, three, the three guys that uh, Khan wants to exploit. Oh, man. Well, they do that to themselves. The, whole, the only reason why they were on their shows and those shows in Texas for AEW is because they live there. And the only reason why, the, and they're very good. The Von Erich kids, Kevin's kids are good. They are good workers. The only reason why they never really hit it big, except for a few shots and a couple run, a good you, <laughs> is because they lived in Hawaii. They didn't want to move to the mainland. And no company is going to pay for plane tickets each and every week to fly two people in and out of Hawaii. Were they in Hawaii? They were. Now they okay. live in Texas. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin and his wife bought a huge farm in Hawaii and all of his family, his grandkids, his kids and grandkids, everybody lives there. One of his grandkids got a scholarship to play college football in Texas. So Kevin and the whole fucking family, like, like 20 of them, <coughs> out of Texas. And now they all live in Texas. He does not want his family to move away from one another. Interesting. It, um, so, so you don't have an issue with Con bringing them in right around the movie release? No. Did they plug the movie on air? I don't think they did. No. Don't have a problem with it then. Okay. All right. I, you know what? I didn't even watch it because it was on Rampage. <clears throat> 
it just seems kind of like convenient timing. And I initially, like initially, I was like, really, bro? Like you could have brought him in how many times over? I'm surprised that they didn't do more promotion with MJF saying, hey, I'm in the movie. You know, I'm in a movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's get out. Good point. Good point. Uh, Anything else? That's it. That's all I have. All right. That's it. Bro, happy new year. Merry Christmas. All that fun stuff. It was uh, it was good to wrap with you. It's been a while. Have fun working. I'm getting paid to do this right now because I'm taking vacation. From work. <laughs> so you're gonna break my balls that I gotta work till fucking three a.m. tomorrow night. <laughs> As they say, the guy you know from- what, you, dude? Honestly, though, I I I gotta bust my ass tomorrow night, but then I'm off Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, so I can't complain too much. As I say about, I bitch about trucking all the time, but as as uh. Hyman Roth said, this is the business we've chosen. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, It was great to be back. Knock the rust off. Uh, We're going to try to hopefully do some weekly stuff going forward. I'm hoping to be. I I got SmackDown tickets for Christmas. I'm going February 9th when they're in Charlotte. Nice. It kind of so, yeah, it went, dude, when you're around, let us know. It kind of pissed me off because um, we bought the tickets before Survivor Series. And then as soon as Punk debuted, I'm like, I couldn't let it slip that we bought these tickets in front of my kids. And I was here for Survivor Series. Yeah. And I looked at my wife and I says, he's going to be on fucking Raw. And we bought SmackDown tickets. <laughs> Hey, you, dude, you never know, though. You never know. You might you might get lucky. Yeah, but... You might you might get rains, you know, who knows. Why? For him to stand out there and do nothing? That's post... Uh, <coughs> that'll be post-Rumble, so, you know. It'll, it'll it's be... Exactly, yeah. It's exactly at the halfway point between the Rumble and Chamber, so... Yeah, yeah. All right, two so you, you'll be all right. It's two weeks after the Rumble and two weeks before the Chamber, so... So you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Um, yeah. Listen. Retro Mania Wrestling Podcast Network. Cool Porch Podcast Suggestions. Um, like I said, we're going to try to. Uh, and we're not going to try. We're going to start getting back into the weekly podcast. Just talking wrestling. Whatever we're watching. Uh, I mean, I don't want it to become an AEW crap on show like we did tonight. But hey, we like, dude, we just got to react to what we see, right? Uh, so we'll talk some WWE. We'll talk w- some AEW. We'll w- bring White in. WWE on fucking fire. I can't. I like- know, oh, no, yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing, and that that's that's my overall point here. Like, you know, let's get the boys back, White House, Hollywood. Let's, you know, let's bring TNA back into it. Let's bring WWE back into it. You know. I can always download Skype on my phone and do it anywhere that I have cell phone signal. So. All right, so we'll yo, we'll get we'll bro, we'll get you involved. I right. honestly, I think this was one of our you and I's most productive podcasts ever. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Probably because we agreed on like everything. <laughs> like, it only took a, for the first time a, ever. <laughs> it only took you three years to come around, you know, and like. <laughs> Like Edward said the other day. Son of a bitch. Fucking son of a bitch. Edward said it best the other day when I mentioned it to you guys. Let me read what he wrote and then we'll get out of here. Um, 
awkward oh, silence. Fuck, sorry. I'm scrolling through the text. <laughs> I, I was breaking his balls by scrolling through. Get get to it. Um, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. Yep, yep, yep. It may have been to our personal text message. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to find it. Find it, bro. Find it. And you got and be sure, you know what? Give Darren a call. Look, uh, uh, basically, I can't find it, but basically, he's like, Mike, you're definitely right. Take as many victory laps as you want. And I'm like, I damn well will. <laughs> we, we all knew that. And I'm going to have a conversation with him about that comment. But until then, <laughs> until then, dude, I'm sick and tired of this fucking white always being. Yeah. <laughs> nah, white's a good brother, guy, we, bro. I I love you, brother. Happy New Year. Same. Uh, all, all the best to you and your family. You too. And uh, we'll uh, we'll catch up soon. And uh, listen, we'll get the boys back together. Uh, Hollywood Edwards, White House. Uh, we'll start doing a regular thing again. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, it's a little, it's, it, it, dude, it's a lot easier in the winter, so I, I kind of think it's going to happen, uh, but no promises, but uh, it, it was nice to be back, it was nice to knock the rust off, it was nice to talk some wrestling, uh, you know, I, I get I get some of it, a lot of it was negative, but it is what it is, we're just it's reacting to what we saw, you know what I mean, it's that's four. it. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> 4 a.m., so, all right, we're getting out of here, Cool Proof Podcast Productions, Retro Mania Podcast Software. I'm Daddy Cool AC. He's Joe White from Pillar to Post. Follow him. Follow his YouTube. Check it out. Good night, everybody. Good show, man. Nighty, what we got to do? Hold on, hold on. Nighty night, because White House is in here, so we got to do the nighty night. Nighty night. Nighty night. Hold on, hold on. I'm listening. Yeah, no, no Fauci. All right, good night, everybody.